Potaskew is brought to you by Proper Rumpus Media. Skew Podcast. I am CJ, and with me, as always, is my hetero light mate Rico. What's up, man? What's up, motherfucker? Oh, look at you! You're in a mood today. I am in a mood. That's why I'm overcompensating. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> it's been. It, it. This is. I say this every fucking week, more or less. But like, it's been a long week. It's been one week since you looked at minute. Sorry. Go ahead. Um. <laughs> and you just brighten me up, motherfucker. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I understand it. It's been a week too. Not maybe not for the same reasons, but I I've had a long <laughs> I've had a long yeah. week of doing things between going back to the office for the first time in two plus years, recording a five hour podcast episode with with Jabo, which actually ended up being. The, the released is five hours. I think we talked for closer to six, you know, and then the radio show and, you know, uh, yeah, I'm a little tired <laughs> and then stream. And now I don't even think I've talked about it on the, the, the podcast yet, but I am a regular with Rick now every Friday mm-hmm. doing the, the video game stream on his thing. Uh, we've been playing Returnal lately. That's not always going to be the case, but mm-hmm. um. He's actually, I've been meaning to tell you, and I should have told you off air, but guess what? Surprise! Mm. Now, um, if you have not already, go get Unity on the PlayStation Plus, because it's free for you and me. Mm-hmm. And then when it's on sale, he's going to grab it, and if there's a Friday you're off, we're all, he wants us all to play Unity together. Assassin's Creed Unity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So... I basically have started like four or five games and like periodically, depending on my mood, I'm just like, all right, I'll fucking burn through this one. Well, no, I get you. And Unity is more just for streaming and having a good time. You know what I mean? So like, don't look, don't look at it that way. Um, Speaking of that, by the way, because you recommended me playing uh, Blood Dragon. I did go download it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've only started it, but Christ, could it get any more 80s cliche than it? I mean, like. It's, it's a, so 80s cliche, and some of the gameplay is a little clunky. It is, yeah. Especially, especially, it's hard as fuck to see what's going on. Oh no! I mean, I didn't think so. It's first person game. I mean, well, it's first person, but it's like super. I mean, like visually, it's dark. So mine's like not. Maybe you need to just change the settings. I mean, adjust the settings, yeah. 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 But it's one of the most hysterical fucking games I've played. I mean, in a long yeah, time. yeah. It's definitely got some some funny shit going on, and and. And you're not wrong about Michael Bean, or you know, or whatever you say his name, but uh, yeah, it's rather rather funny. So yeah, my favorite is like when there's a character, like one of his. I mean, that's, that's not a big spoiler, but like one early on, one of his like teammates dies in a cutscene, hmm. and it's like he just goes, "This is a bullshit," or whatever the fuck he says. It just like literally, because it's, it's the old school way of showing video games where it's just like it shows pictures yeah you're not so when he dies his head just like 
all of a sudden dramatically moves to the right while he's laying on his down. It's, it's like the Marion Cotillard way of dying in, yeah. in Dark Knight Rises. It's like, this is bullshit. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. It's so quick and jarring, it makes me fucking laugh. But uh, why has it been a week for you? Say, has it been a week? I mean, what's what's going on? Uh, you know, Dad's health is is yeah. sort of just all over the place. He was back in the hospital. Uh, this is becoming like the fucking routine where he goes to the hospital. They flush him full of meds and take care of him, and then he feels well enough. And in this particular case, he actually did not feel well enough to come back home. He kept insisting that he needs to stay because he was complaining about like some stomach pains. And Kaiser was like, nah, bro, we, we, we're done with you. Like, get, get out. Mm. And I ended up talking to, I think, a nurse on the phone and was very insistent. I'm like, here's what's going to happen. You're going to send him home and I'm going to call 911 to send him back. You might as well keep him. And they're like, all right, well, we'll keep him one more night. And I'm like, yeah, but maybe you need to find out why his stomach is hurting. Like, let's, let's. Right. I'm not saying cut him open, but I'm saying, you know, maybe give him some X-lax or something just to see what happens. You know, I'd rather they deal with that shit than me. Sure. You know, you know. Pun intended. Pun, pun intended, for sure. Actually, I take it back. Um, So he went there. He came back. And what's going to happen is he's going to go through the same pattern, which is he's going to be home. He's going to not be well taken care of because it's just I don't have that much time. And and the person who's here is also does not have that much time. And dad's going to smoke. Dad's going to drink. Yeah. And then dad's going to feel like shit. And, he's gonna, and I'm going to call 911 again. Yeah. So, it's pretty fucking frustrating. And because of that, like I had to postpone a project that you and I were doing on the side. It's just, there's just no way of really fucking fueling it in because I wrote our, our, I wrote a DM and I'm not saying what it is because I still want to keep it a surprise at some point, but I wrote in my initial letter, I'm like, you know, my dad probably would pick the day to die. When, which would also be the same day that we would be finally like recording and starting this project. Like that, the way he's going and the way he just loves to fuck with me. Yeah. That yeah. would probably be, he's like, all right, guys, you ready to record? Right. Ah, fuck, guys. Like, I'm sorry. It's just not going to happen. So right. I took preemptive measures and was just like, let's just, let's just not right I, now. I, I, it wasn't just Ron. There's a lot of factors that were kind of, a lot of factors it. were running out yeah. of time. It would take time to edit the whole thing. I'm, I'm going getting married. I'm, I'm going working. On, you're working. It's, I'm it's going everything. on vacation. Like there's, yeah, there's, a, there's, there was just, it was just too many roadblocks going against it. it. So yeah, it was one of those things where I'm like, hey, we have six months. It's like, well, we have six months. We'll just, you know, do it in a couple months, and then like shit went to shit, and I was like, oh shit, we don't have six months anymore. No. Well. Fuck. Yeah. All right. Let's yeah. just not. Well, you know what? You know what blows my mind, right? Is we're only two months away from 200, and it feels like we did it six months ago or a year ago at this point. Like, and I don't mean that in a negative way. It just does, you know, and it's only two months ago. And we, you know, time, time is a real tricky fucker, man. Yeah, like, it is. Yeah, all, it my, is. all my days are bleeding together weirdly because of my work schedule and like like on average i work at midnight till midnight at work 
And then I come home and because I had to like drink either coffee or tea or some sugar caffeinated beverage of a company that I won't mention. Um, I'm kind of jacked up until like two thirty three in the morning. And on average, like dad will call me at like ranging between 10 30 AM to two 30 PM. So some days I get awful sleep. Some days I get okay sleep and then it's just back to, you know, right back to, Back to the work mill, so to speak. I hear you. Yeah. So, yeah, man, it's 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 crazy. I hate to tell you, it's not just all that stuff. Even when some of that stuff calms down, that time thing ain't gonna get any better. Trust me. No, I know. I'm aware. Um, I mean... But yeah, so there's that, and uh, I I had something before we get into the topic I wanted to discuss, but we also have an announcement. Should we? Which one should we do first? Topic, then announcement. Okay. So it was just, it's just really interesting to me. It, I don't even know how much discussion we're going to get out of this, but it's something I noticed today, right? So mm-hmm. I have Discovery Plus, the the app, mm-hmm. along with all the other apps, you know, for streaming shit. But everything plus, yeah, I yeah, got yeah. There's going to eventually be that. Like, there's going to be like the everything plus app that just links to all your other apps and just puts it all in one place. Uh, I'm waiting for like McDonald's, just like say McDonald's plus. And like, it's just like you, like we released a streaming platform and it's just like all the old Ronald McDonald, like commercials. Show, and episodes, shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Commercials and the cartoon. Um, no, but I, and I, motherfuckers I, would pay twelve ninety nine a month for that. That's okay. how stupid this shit is. But all right, go ahead. I, I hope I wouldn't, but who knows? I uh, I avoided Discovery Plus for a while actually, and then I kept seeing what was being released on it. And there's a bunch of shows I enjoy, most of which is the Go- the Ghost Hunter show, which is originally was supposed to be exclusive to the app, and now it's not. But to see it on TV is like six months after the last season airs on the the app because it's it doesn't do that drop the season on the app and you watch all the shows at once like it's a weekly release thing on, even on the app so okay you know um so anyway the point is i got the app but discovery mm-hmm. to to this, my surprise owns a fuck ton more than i realized like what so they own history channel they own the food that network they own the food network uh-huh. And then they have all their subchannels that I did know about Discovery ID, which is basically they're all they're all true crime channel. And then there's they own the Magnolia Network, which is what um, Joanna and Chip Gaines from Fixer Upper that used to be on HGTV, but now it's on it's their own. They have their own network now of all like their shows. So that's there. They own eight and Discovery owns HGT, HGTV as well. You know. Mm-hmm. And then in the midst of all that, HBO bought all of it. So from what I understand, Magnolia is now moving over to the HBO Max at some point. But Okay. Or it might be the other way around. I don't someone bought somebody, but now HBO and Discovery are all one thing. So <laughs> Somebody bought somebody. Yeah, I mean so anyway, that is kind of apropos for today's subject, is right, it not? Yeah, yeah, true. Um, but the point is the the point of all that is it's got the Food Network shows, as I mentioned. So I've been watching there's a bunch of shows I've been watching, but every night when I eat dinner, I watch an episode of Iron Chef America. Mm-hmm. 
And I watch it when I'm eating because if I don't watch it when I'm eating, then I'm fucking hungry by the time the thing's over. So at least, you know. I'm right there with you. Yeah, I don't watch that. What I do is I watch like Kitchen Nightmares because none of the food is ever good until like the very end. So I'm like, I don't I don't have to worry yeah, yeah, about yeah, getting yeah. hungry. Yeah, it's true. Um, <laughs> Kitchen Nightmares is not on there, unfortunately, because that's a Fox product. But still, you know. Right. Um, uh, but in any event, uh I don't think you've ever watched Iron Chef, although I really think you would like it. I still think you should. I've told you that before. I think you should watch it. But I have seen clips, uh, and I've, but not. I don't because I think there was like numerous countries doing similar things. Well, so. it's, it started in Japan. It's right. moved to America. I don't know if the Japanese one still runs. Although I know one of the Japanese Iron Chefs came over and join the American Iron Chef, so I'm thinking the Japanese one is no more. And mm-hmm. if there are other countries, I'm not aware of it. I'm not saying they don't. It's not happening, but I'm not aware of it. If it is, we'll put it that way. Right. So, um, but I think you would dig it. But the but the important part is at the part where I'm at now, which is season three. I'm on season three. Mm-hmm. The Iron Chefs are, and I say this because more Iron Chefs eventually get added, but at this point in the show, Iron Chefs are, in no order, Bobby Flay, Masahara Morimoto, Mario Batali, and Kat Cora. So, one woman, three dudes. Right. Now, I don't know how much you know about all this, but Mario Batali has had his own Me Too, Me Too problems. Thing. Yeah. And I've been watching for three seasons now and not seen one Batali battle. And I'm like... Huh. A Batali battle? What, what is a battle? So what the whole, well, the whole show is battle. So each episode is they bring in a chef that's not an Iron Chef. And it, it, they have an, they're both given one ingredient. And they have an hour to, to make five dishes out of that ingredient. Now oh, they can use oh, okay, okay. other stuff to... They can use other stuff to, like, you know, for sauces and all that. They're not, like, limited to this one thing. But this one thing has to be in every dish. That's the sure. the connection. And there has been, and for a while, because Kat Cora wasn't initially an Iron Chef. When the show premiered, it was just Morimoto, Flay, and Batali. And mm-hmm. I don't think Cora came in until late in season one. And then became more prominent in season two, right? Mm-hmm. So, like I said, I've been watching, and I've been noticing, like, it seems like it's out of order, despite the fact that it says episode one, episode two, episode three. I feel like it's not, even though that's what it's saying on my screen, that that's not actually the order it's showing in. Right. And, and a reason I think that is, I think they went in and removed all the Mario Batali episodes. Wouldn't surprise me. Now, I, he's still listed as an Iron Chef because I think that part is pre-recorded, mm-hmm. and I think that would be too difficult to edit. Like it would, it would feel chopped up. No pun intended, right. being it's a cooking show, but right. it would, it would feel out of sync. You know what I mean? So, I think they're leaving him there for that reason. But I think they've gone in and actually removed all the episodes where he was the the Iron Chef. Selected. Imagine he's like watching those and he's like, oh, I'm going to watch some of that shit. And then he's just like, what the fuck? And then he gets a stew in his own. Fu- well, fuck. I didn't even mean to make yeah. a fucking food <laughs> fun right. like you did. 
But he's just like sitting there like, this is bullshit. I was there. I cooked an amazing goddamn, you know, fucking eggplant Parmesan, blah, 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 blah. So so here's kind of my question about it, though, right? You mm-hmm. know, this is not one of those things where those guys are making royalties. They got paid whatever salary they got paid to do that show, you know, right. to, to, to make their appearances. So it's not like by airing the Mario Batali episodes, Mario's making money. Right. You know? As a fan of the show, for look, we but we all know he's a shit, but he still made some pretty good fucking food, and it was kind of and he, and, right. and, he, and he was one of the more entertaining Iron Chefs. So there's a, like Morimoto, with all respect to him, because he's he's fucking amazing, and I would eat at his restaurant in Philly if I had the money in a heartbeat. You know, mm-hmm. like. But the, the meal I want over there is $200 a plate, and I just don't have it. Now, it's a seven-course sushi meal with a different—and you get a seven-course sushi meal by Morimoto and your own bottle of sake, each person, for 200 bucks a plate. Like, I mean, that's worth the money, but, you know. Yeah. Um, but despite that, you know, so I haven't, I haven't had a chance to do that, but, like— I, I, He's I don't not the know. most entertaining motherfucker, is what you're saying. Well, he doesn't even speak English on the show, like, or if he does, they they overdub him anyway because his his accent is so thick it's hard to understand what he's saying a lot of the time. So they just get they just get so, so he's speaking fluent Japanese and they just get someone's like, yes. So you take the fish, like what, like one of those old school it, like no, dubbings. It, it, it's not that bad, but yes, they they you yeah. take the fish and you slice it in half, and no, then you take no, the it's, rice. And it's, it's, whoa, it's a dude, little, like it, this guy's getting this guy's way too into his fucking job. No, no, it's it's a little softer. It's it, it's it's actually respectful of Morimoto in my opinion. But the point is that it's not he's not very often, you know chatty with it now my chef michael simon who you may or may not know because i think i think i jokingly said you even look like him once because you kind of do with that if you take your glasses off you do look like him a little bit um i don't i don't remember that comparison but i'll have to look him up now yeah yeah i mean with all respect you're a little bit bigger but facial I, facially and whatnot anyway the point no, is he's very um engaging with Alton Brown is the host of the show, and also your your color com- like your play by play slash color commentator because that's you know otherwise it'd be kind of boring just watching these people cook for an hour you know and so Alton's talking about the different ingredients and how they're mixing them together and and Alton's a scientist too so like he knows a lot about like chemical breakdown so he talks about how like if you add an acid to this base it'll affect the food this way like he can talk about those kinds of things. Which I find very in, intriguing and inter- interesting, but you know right. that's beside the point. He so he um, you know he's hosting the and 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 but they're all in the same room. It's not like he's in a soundproof booth off in the side. So when he's talking to the audience, the chefs can hear him. You know, mm-hmm. so Michael Simon's very often like responding to Alton as he's talking. You know what I mean? And so and, this motherfucker. No, I don't know who the fuck that is. That's Michael Simon. That's not the that's not the correct Michael Simon. It's and it's S Y M O N. Yeah, it's, it's the same guy. All no. he did was grow out a fucking beard. That looks this like a what, black this dude. Is what you think he looks like, right? That's him. Yeah. Yeah. With a this is him with a beard now. 
Or well, he looked he, he looked African American the first time you flipped the camera around, dude. There's it's it's casting a shot. You got to remember it's Skype and whatnot, but it was casting right, like he was. I was like, that's not the right guy. No, that's the right guy. There's only one Michael Simon apparently. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, I kind of see it. I I would love to eat his food. I I've never had a chance. I would you know. Um, I'll t- I'll tell you a chef that you should check out because this is one of the easiest chefs to like watch on YouTube and sure. like, learn how to cook. I think you've probably uh, told me this before. This sound if you're going where I think you are, but go ahead. Marco Pierre White. Yeah, I think that was a name you gave me. Yeah, because you've told well, me about two- this. You you've told me about this YouTube chef before that you. Well, there, there's two. Well, Marco Pierre White it is. I mean, it's sort of weird to just call him a YouTube chef, but he because he's the guy who trained Gordon Ramsay, and he's he's the guy who. At one point, made Gordon Ramsay cry. <laughs> Think about what I just said. I yeah, and, I, I heard the words that came out of your mouth. Yeah. And when they asked him about that, he said, "I didn't make Gordon Ramsay cry. Gordon Ramsay made Gordon Ramsay cry. I just happened to be there." <laughs> like that's funny. Like he, he chose to cry, but and he's the scariest fuck looking man. But like he he's very gentle and calm when he's cooking. And he's obsessed with Norse stock pods. Like, he's got some fucking deal. So every time he fucking, like, cooks a dish, he, like, throws in, throws in like, a, a bouillon cube from Nor or, like, a, a little... And he's just, like... Like, it's gotten to the point where all the comments are just, like, yeah, but where's the Norse stock pod? Like, where the fuck is it? Like, it's, yeah. they're just ripping him apart because he's just, like, I love Norse stock pods. Like, well, good for you, Marco. He's, like... Anyways, good for I, you. Good for you. Uh, your stock balls and all that. <laughs> uh, speaking of stocks. Oh, no. we That would have been a great segue. But let's go uh, to our announcement. Well, no. Before that, I have one more thing. I just want to give a quick shout out to Pantsus Laren. He, um, he built me a gaming system, a retro gaming system. I have not received it yet. He he sent it. It's not like I'm, he's holding it. It's it's just in in route. I'm supposed to be getting it tomorrow, um, because there's a there's a, a an old GameCube game that I always wanted to play called Eternal Darkness, and that's what spawned the whole thought. Eternal Darkness is like a, I think it's first person. I don't remember, but either way, it's a Resident Evil style game. But like, the more you get into it, if you don't like take care of yourself you can actually go insane and the screen starts like morphing and kind of like turning into an lsd lsd trip and stuff it's supposed to be pretty pretty intense i'm i'm super excited to play it but um these gaming systems because they're old games he he hooked me up with gamecube games turbo graphics neo geo super nintendo sega cd there's i i forget all the systems right now but there's nine thousand games on this thing that's coming tomorrow and i cannot oh god yeah i cannot wait to get my hands on this thing and play well it's nice knowing you i guess i'll never see you again <laughs> That was the weirdest way of announcing you're retiring. Or, yeah, the, sh- the show ends because I'm getting this thing. To- no, kidding. Um, speaking of the show not editing, we do have an announcement. Um, coming off the heels of my appearance on Jabology, uh, which was insane but a lot of fun. Like, insane in the best way, but goddamn. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna strive to break your fucking record. Like you were not gonna do that back and forth until like Jabba just dies. <laughs> like he's just like like he'll be like, guys, I've done like 18 fucking hours. I can't do anymore. Like I can't say <laughs> motherfucker and cocksucker anymore. Or or that word. Know, he, or, or the, the word other word. He, 
<laughs> he loves to flip around. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, if you heard the episode, he he did say it's okay to say when you're reciting lyrics to a song or the Honored. words to a movie. You know, which is my my stance on it. You know, you can't just be running around saying that word. But if you're reciting some shit that you're listening to or you're a fan of, and it's in there, then you know, whatever. For sure. However. I, it, there is that underlying thing. I'm like, I there will be a recording of me saying that word, and I don't necessarily like. People can fuck with that, where you just like, hey, Rico said blank. Yes, but now if it, you have the right people like me who have the full recording, I could then say, here's the real context of said recording. You I know, just like, just don't need like on the off chance you and I actually become something from this. I don't need like a James Gunn moment. I I don't think you would have that because you were like, like if you were doing an example. Because I heard on your Jabology, which would spawn the conversation on mine, was mm-hmm. you want to do the walk-in, the walk-in um, Dennis Hopper true romance scene, and you don't feel like you can because of the word. And my argument is if you're reenacting this scene, you know, stop, you know, re- scene, play the scene, cut, and then no longer say said word, then right. you're good. But that's just, you know, my perspective, you know. But my my whole thing is that also I do get uncomfortable with the word because I hear it a lot. Oh, listen, there are words I don't get comfortable, I'm not comfortable with either. I mean, trust me, I get it. So, And I'm not right. saying I'm comfortable with it, but I also feel like if I want to, you know, recite DMX song, which is, you know, that word, I'll, the title is that can, word, you know. You, you could do that. I'll do the barking, and that's the, how we get through the fucking song. There you go. So <laughs> coming off the... Coming off the heels of, I think it's a different song actually, but still, um, it's all the same to fucking me at this point. Um, coming off the heels of that, um, you and I talked, and 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 we've decided to uh, hitch our cart onto the proper rumpus media wagon, and so uh, officially, Potaskew is a proper rumpus media show. Woo woo. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I think I think I think we're gonna do some good things here, and uh, it's gonna be less stress than some of our previous uh, engagements of this, you know. So, and the good news is that like the other shows are all Jabo and they're, someone else. So they're it's all not Jabo. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it'll be like there's the Jabo shows, and there's this one. Like it's yeah. really he, kind of like it just looks like we are the all right, I'll make a joke that Jabba will fucking appreciate. Uh, sure. It's a fucking black gangbang, and we're the one white woman. No, none of that oh, works. No, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. No, because scene in 15 is with his girl, who is the white woman on the... <laughs> I'm not talking about legitimate, like, whiteness. <laughs> I'm talking about, like, he's... It's The three other shows are him and Co. And we are like the one token, like, hey, what's going to happen today? And then, all honestly, he should just change the fucking media network to fucking Bang Bros at this goddamn point. That's funny. I just got a hmm. hmm. Well, I just got I just got a note that that game thing is about to arrive. Like literally, that's all right. Uh, well, I guess we're gonna pause and then like show's you'll, over. You'll hear, you'll Good night, everybody. Just, like him opening, be like, oh my god. No, I have to hook. I won't. No, fuck the recording. I gotta go play. I gotta go play games. No, um, no. But anyway, uh, no, no. We're 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 
we're officially part of proper rumpus media and uh excited to see what we're gonna pull off with uh javon company and i gotta tell you like it has nothing to do with us making that decision he has been since i did the jabology so supportive of all the other shit that i do like him and his girl showed up to rick's twitch stream and stayed the entire time so did steph by the way just for the you I know heard. um she didn't interact very much and that's not meant as a criticism but i know she was there but she you know she wasn't very active but it was very cool for her to come and just hang out and watch <laughs> um so i i want to stress that you know she's crazy busy no i know i know so it was very nice of her to come and that's what i'm saying it was very nice right. of her to come and spend some time. Um, and then, but Jabo and, and, and Nishana has been there. Uh, they've been to both, both of the DJ, DJ Xanthus shows prior to, or, or since. Um, and, and I had did random request radio last night and they were sending in requests. Although I gotta, you know, J- J- Jabo's taking me to the edge of what I normally would. <laughs> would uh would show but we had a good time it was it was fun and so yeah uh that i think i'm excited to see what that's going to do for us i i I, and what we can do for him because i think he he and i are actually going to get together and have a um uh as i'm I'm gonna show him some tricks on audacity on how to edit because he he wants to be better at editing and seems to think i'm the gold standard for some reason um you are a fucking amazing editor. I've always said that. So I, yeah, I, 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 but I've heard shows I think are even better edited than than ours, and that's not to say we're bad. I just I think there's even better ones out there. But you know, so Fair um, so yeah. Uh, for for the listener though, just so you guys know, so there's no like panic or concern. It literally means zero change for you guys. Nothing, nothing is changing. Nothing about release dates, how you get the show. N- literally nothing's changing except you're going to hear, hey, Bromper Rumpus at the beginning of the at the beginning of the show. And that's about it. So and I th- and this is really also one of those things where it's more or less a handshake deal, which is yeah. what CJ and I kind of both wanted. Yeah, because we, we just don't. My main concern is if shit doesn't go well, I don't want to have friendships ruined and businesses ruined and all that shit so this is basically like hey we're just part of your team and i think we did kind of say like we don't really want to have ads as of now if that's something that we change in the future that's fine yeah. but the main reason is we just got back to like not having commercials and ads so yeah. and we're kind of enjoying it because then we can do you know commentaries the commentaries are easier to do without the ads for sure yeah so uh, you know that that's where we are and and jabbo's been incredibly supportive and excited about the idea and and not really dictating any terms um at all like he really was like what terms do you want and i said this is what we want he went good (laughs) so like you know and 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 so we're gonna leave it at that and then you know if it gets to a point where you know things need to be reevaluated even if things are going positively where things need to be reevaluated we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there is kind of how it is so um but yes so uh please make sure you go and uh check out the other shows on on the i I guess it is a network but he he feels like it's more like a conglomerate than a network so but I would say go check out the other shows. It's uh, Jabology, of course, Jabo and Natib, and then Scene at 15. And I believe there's 
others coming, but as of right now, those are the three primary outside of us. So there are ideas forming. Well, and some of them have nothing to do with us. So right, yeah, you know, so some uh, of them might have something to do with us. Some of them might, yeah, yeah. So now that we've rambled for a half an hour, should we get into the actual topic of the of the evening? Well, let's tell what let's say what the theme is. Because you well, pushed for this. I, I, it, it is and it isn't. The next, the next four weeks of episodes are kind of like a hodgepodge. So two weeks are yeah. going to be um, connected in one way. The third week is kind of a standalone, and then we have something kind of fun planned for the fourth week. But we're not going to tip that hand just yet. Um, yeah, we're doing sort of micro themes in, in a roundabout way for this for this particular month. Yeah, um, micro transactions there you go uh so yeah but i i'm really looking forward to these next four weeks because they are going to be a lot of fun for me these these groupings that we're going to do and i i don't think you're not gonna like them but i think they're definitely probably i think i'll like some more than others let's put it that way yeah probably that's which which is exactly what happens every single week exactly or every every theme that we've been doing sure yeah i mean just like last one the last four we did i mean there were some that i like more than you did you know and of vice course. versa so um but we're, we're gonna focus at least for the next two episodes on on money and financial themed uh films so uh this particular episode we're going to focus on wall street and its sequel wall street money never sleeps so mm-hmm. uh both on by oliver stone uh many years apart from one another, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Uh, in, in Oliver Stone's actually in both of these films. Yeah. But cameos. they're, they're, they're bit roles. They're not. Oh yeah. They're, they're small cameos. It's just a director cameo. It's, it's a, like, you know. it, if anything, it's slightly more in money than never sleeps, but not substantially. It's, it's, you know, did you notice Jordan Belfort? Is in the second one? No, but I don't know what he looks like, honestly. So he doesn't—he doesn't look like Leo. Let me put it that way. But no, he I looks figured like, that. Like Leo yeah. portrays him accurately, but Jordan Belfort, like, I don't know how to describe him. Like, he kind of. Well, where was he? Because I might know, be able to. He he. When they're going through that whole montage of like, uh, in Money Never Sleep, where like shit's going down, he's like yeah. one of the commentators. Oh, okay. And he's like, okay. on the phone with somebody. You know who he kind of looks like. He kind of looks like Scaramucci. Who? Remember that fucking like mobster Guido dude that like Trump hired for eleven days, and he's like the guy who's like I. Oh no, he was, like, yeah, he's, like, yeah, I, yeah. I'm not the type of guy who sucks his own cock. That's Scaramucci. Jordan Belfort kind of looks like him. Who? Who? By the way, flipped. Mm-hmm. He he's very like anti-Trump now. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, because and that's he not, was, and that's not just because of the January sixth stuff. Like he flipped like a year and a half ago. Like fired. I mean, it, yeah. It took it took him about a year to finally like yeah. say some shit. And I I even tweeted at, at Scaramucci a couple times. I was like, where the fuck were you when we needed you? You son of a bitch. Like <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. Like throw. You return your Italian American pride card, you cocksucker. Like <laughs> fuck you. Um. um Speaking of Trump, Trump apparently was supposed to have a cameo in Wall Street 2. They filmed it, deleted it, but it's on the Blu-ray release, and I'm like, I'm grateful I bought the DVD. Fuck that. I have the Blu-ray release. I'll have to go. It's not It's not in the movie itself. It must be oh, in the deleted the scenes, it's a deleted but yeah. Scene. yeah. 
Um, I, I I am upset that I did not realize, and I mean this in a positive way. I got like an anniversary edition of the first Wall Street. They came with like a two hour documentary that I have not had the opportunity to watch yet. So I will probably go back and watch that just because because I I've been a huge fan of the first Wall Street since the first time I saw it. Now that's probably circa ninety five. I want to say the first time I okay. saw it, but that's just because of my age. Because I, I wouldn't have seen it when right. it came out. I was seven when it came out, and you were come. So you know, it, I was, I was, yeah. I was, I was come. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I was the lucky one that didn't end up in a tube sock. Yeah. I, I, I know. I'm just gonna move on from that. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah. So I, but I, I've been a fan of, um of this movie for quite some time and we'll get into it. I, we can't obviously rank like we usually do. Cause it's only two films, it's a little hard to do that, but I mean, mm-hmm. you can certainly say which one you liked more before you say, if I was to guess mm. for you, I would say money never sleeps over the OG. Um, I'm not saying you loved either of these, but if you had to, if you had to put them one two, I would, I would I, say that's I, how you think. Put I it. like them both equally because they both have their own strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, and that, and that's honestly where I sit. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hear you say that because to me, despite the fact that they're both Wall Street titled and they're, they are, they are connected in in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not just the title and the fact that Oliver Stone directed them, but mm-hmm. it they do feel like two very different movies. In, in you know, you know, you're, you're going to laugh and you're going to read too much into my criticism. Of this, Uh-oh. but let me just say it because, because no, it's actually it's I feel like it's a pretty good analogy and it's pretty fucking accurate. But I'm not specifically attacking the the movie and the analogy. It's kind of like. If Temple of Doom and Last Crusade didn't exist, and you watched like Raiders Lost Ark, and then the next sequel was Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, so you have this '80s classic. See, I don't hear you're just saying that because of Shia. No, I'm not because stylistically, oh. it's compl- they're they're in the same universe. It's the same director. You have the same main star, but visually, they're both very different. Like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull does not have the same type of, of flow as Raiders. Whereas no. last crusade does. And it could just be the fact that, Oh, well those three movies were filmed in the eighties. It was different. And I totally acknowledge that. But like even the soundtrack in wall street two is so more bizarre than like wall street. Like I get it. Eighties and then mid and then late two thousands. Early. Well, yeah, no, to mid mid two thousands. Really? It's yeah. 2010 is 2010. when it was released. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like the, but he's not like he's really using music from 2010. You know, he's using other music that's from the eighties and nineties and two thousands. It and, just feels super eclectic, which doesn't feel fit the wall street theme in my opinion. But what, yeah, what, Shy is also in kingdom of the crystal skull as well as he is in this one. I think I liked him more in this one. I did in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Well, I'll tell you this right now. This is my favorite Shia performance, period, hands down, anywhere. Honestly. He's good in it. He's, he's good he's in it. Really I, I good. He's really good. He's really um, good. He's, he's, he's a fucking despicable little shit at oh, some yeah, point. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It, you know, 
No, and that, I mean the character, not fucking Shia, but that's also true. Oh, um, I want I want to very quickly just because you mentioned the music, I want to talk about something that I just found really interesting, and um, I'm just looking something up here if you give me a second. But like in in the first one, uh-huh. see, it's not saying it on here, but I saw it in the credits. That's what the <clears throat> fuck. Okay, in the the first one, the the the, the music is by Stuart Copeland. Okay. Now, Stuart, that part of the name probably doesn't mean anything to you, right? Not, not really. No. He's the guitar player for the Police, hmm. Sting, Sting's band, Sting. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, yeah, Stuart mm-hmm. Copeland. And then the other one, this one, Money Never Sleeps, is Brian Eno, and and I'm trying to find the other name, but it's, uh, uh, I think it's Mark Knopfler. You know, like you know, Devo, and he's he's done a bunch oh, of different, okay, yeah. Okay. And he's done a bunch of different movie, you know. It's either mm-hmm. him or the guy from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I cannot remember it. I'm trying to rem- trying to find it now. The the Burton one. The composer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Danny Elfman? Yeah, I think it might. No, no, no it's definitely not Elfman then. It's um, definitely not Elfman. I thought I thought Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was somebody else. The guy. Hold on. No, Elfman mind. did Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, but are you saying that Elfman did the music for Money Never Sleeps? No, he did not. He did not. Yeah. So, uh, all right. I can't find it. It's going to irk me now, but. I'm not talking about the score. I'm talking about the soundtrack. It's just weird. I got it. No, no, but that that, that made me want to bring that up because I found it really interesting. They got these two, like, these guys that were, like, huge, especially in the 80s, both all of them in the 80s. But, you know. I thought I, I I remember, I thought a different name came up for. Wall Street. It, I mean, I've been seeing all random sorts of shit, but I thought like the guy who did the music for Wall Street was fucking Alan Silvestri, the guy who did Back to the Future. All it's right. Stuart Copeland. All right. Or or the screens. I mean, like the credits are just lying to me. Then, you know. All right. Well, it's possible. Um, I mean, it's not likely, but it's possible. Yeah. But uh, I mean, Wall Street One is very much an '80s classic, and I understand why it is a classic. But the problem is, in my my defense, I'm not a I'm not the biggest fan of these movies in particular because I'm not a big money guy. Yeah. Like I don't understand jack shit of Wall Street or 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 fucking crypto for cryptocurrency. Like it's all well, none so of none of this is crypto. None of this is crypto. You're, it's I know that it's okay. all money. Money well, yeah. to me is like. Like, I'm almost like fucking Rain Man where I don't understand the concept of money half the time. Or I'm like, look, I, I fucking know, you know, 50 cents from a dollar is half of it. I get that. Well, but that's good. Anything when it comes, yeah. But anything that comes to like stocks and bonds and Wall Street and investments and all that other shit is just a whole other language. It's not even an earthly language to me. It's a fucking, it's Venusian. It's uh, Plutonian. It's fucking whatever the fuck. It's just not a thing that I... And that's definitely something that I need to work on. I should definitely understand at least a little bit of like investments and trades and everything. Right. That being said, Michael Douglas is fucking amazing in both of these films. Yeah. You know? No, he, he is. But I, I would say... <clears throat> you said it's the same main character, and I I know f- before you even say it, yes, I'm aware. Uh, Douglas won the Oscar for Best Actor for for Wall Street, but mm-hmm. 
to me, the the main character in the first one is Bud Fox. Like it's it's Charlie. Really, to me, I, that's you know, I I understand how it's officially billed, and I'm not gonna argue that with you. But right. I to me to me it's Bud in the first one, but in the second one, it absolutely is Gordon. You know what I mean? Well, but then even then, yes and no. I mean, like Gordon has more screen time and influence in two than he does in one because the first in the first film it takes a while before you see and meet gordon gecko yeah um i would go as far as to say that uh it the first movie is bud fox's story but he's not the main character does that make sense like yes yes it does yeah um i think charlie sheen as bud fox did a great fucking job with what he had mm-hmm. um i honestly think the best parts of the whole fucking movie are with him and his dad martin sheen oh yeah without question yeah to the point where i was on the verge of crying when during the hospital scene well if i recall yeah i think it's it's during hot shots too mm-hmm. they're on they are on the boat and they pass each other and they go loved you in wall street yeah you know so yeah, you know, which um, I got that joke because I'm very familiar with the movie, but you know, no, it's and, and honestly, that's one of the best jokes of the whole fucking movie. Uh, Hot shots too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And there's the the what I didn't know, like the the hospital scene between Charlie and Martin is so like it, it's very real. It's very raw. They mm-hmm. are crying. It's heartfelt. And I did a little research. Uh Martin Sheen, when he was filming Apocalypse Now, had a fucking heart attack. Yeah, and, and, and you you brought that up before. But I didn't know Charlie was there. I, I had heard, oh. like, Amelia was there, and I didn't know Charlie was, like... I mean, we're talking about, like, they were in, like, the fucking Philippines and, like, Vietnam sure. and all over. Right, 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 right. And I'm guaranteeing that, like, they both lifted from that experience of Charlie visiting his dad in the hospital for having a heart attack for Wall Street. Because that would only been roughly 10 to 12 years later be still pretty fresh yeah yeah that being said i think charlie sheen was awful in money never sleeps his little fucking cameo i was like he's not playing bud fox he's playing charlie sheen well because i would argue charlie sheen turned into bud fox like which very true but it was like it was like seeing fucking charlie harper it was like him with two fucking ladies yeah you know and he's just like it's, it's that cockiness that Bud Fox had, but now it's become Charlie Sheen. Like, it's, it's yeah, more no, I, machine yeah, than yeah. man, if you get what I'm saying. Yes, yes, I do. Yes, I do. But you know what? This is one of the one of the things I loved, and we're going to get into specifics on both films, but one of the things I loved about Money Never Sleeps is you and I talk in more general terms all the time about, like, or at least I say it more than you do, um, not to say you don't ever, but uh, I like to know what what's happening with that what's what's happening with those characters after credits. Like some there mm-hmm. are some movies where I'm very much like I'm not done with this story. Like I want to know more of what's happening with these characters. Sure. Um, and and you really get that. You get what happens to to Gordon after credits in Wall Street. You know. They they fill it in, and honestly, the first time I saw the film, not knowing the full premise, I knew I knew it was 
you know, Wall Street. I knew it was Wall Street, and I knew it was Gecko coming back. I didn't know there was all kinds of rumors about how much uh, Bud Fox was going to be in the film at the time that it came out. Like, nobody knew exactly how much, if at all, we were going to get Bud Fox. So when they start the scene of, like, of like returning his his stuff to him as he's getting released from prison, like, I expected the camera to pan back and it'd be Charlie standing there, and it turns out it was it was Gordon, you know, so. Which I have to say is one of the best fucking parts of this movie where it's just like one mobile phone and it shows this like, giant ass the fucking phone, phone, which yeah. I found out Wall Street One was the first movie to ever show a cellular phone in a film. I didn't know that, that but there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So it's keeping with that motif of like, we're going to show you this giant ass walkie talkie we call the fucking mobile phone. Yeah. Let's I say, thought that it, was it's, great. It's the same phone Zach Morris had in Saved by the Bell. Okay. Yeah, he he had one of those phones. Yeah, I think I've seen like one episode of Say by the Bell. Um, and it's also the, okay. Well, another thing I know you've seen. It's the same phone that uh, Paul Giamatti's character had in Rock of Ages. True. I'm not saying those phones didn't exist. I'm saying like in terms of like it, it's just funny to see that because the the setup is here's one money clip with no money. In I it. love that that here's they stress that. They stress that in when he's going through, he's like one gold money clip with no money in it, like very yeah. stressed that part out. It was really, yeah. And then it's like one mobile phone, and then it's just like clunk this giant yeah. fucking brick, yeah, with an antenna. Yeah. I thought that was one of the best parts, and stylistically, it's it it feels like a movie that you're gonna get, but what you don't get because then then it jumps ahead like what seven or eight years later, seven six years later, seven. And then you're like, what? What the fuck? I want to see that story of like, I want to see Gordon try and like deal with this new outside world of 2001. Well, yeah, um, but he was also only in jail for. See, that's that's the one thing I feel like. I mean, none, neither of these are perfect films. Although Wall Street's the first one's, up it's there. iconic. It's iconic. Um, but the they're. He doesn't go to jail right in 85. Like, that's the thing that doesn't get... I mean, they do talk about it gets addressed, but if you're not paying attention, you could lose that. So there's about an eight-year gap between the end of Wall Street and, and when Gordon finally actually goes to prison. Right. You know, and and so that's important, too, which, which kind of throws the phone thing off a little bit because they did get a little bit smaller between... He should have theoretically had one of those little gray flip phones. They didn't... They were yeah. still a bit of a brick, but he should have probably had one of those It would have been a phones. Nokia, yeah, for no, sure. No, it wouldn't have been Nokia just yet. It would have been before... It was that It was that gray mobile phone before the Nokia. So it was this, like... Oh, uh, uh, okay. You know, there was... Yeah, it would have been... It would have not been the brick phone because that's what it's commonly referred to by Gen Xers. Um, right. but it wouldn't have been the Nokia's that you're talking about. It would have been that mobile in between. And yeah. Yeah. The, the, the timeline is super strange to try and re to try and connect wall street to wall street too, because where the fuck did Winnie come from? Because well, yeah, I, I was, I was paying attention to that today because I had a feeling that question was going to come up and it's a fair question. So I'm not even like getting defensive. Here's, here's what I can piece together right mm -hmm. i think rudy the boy that we see in the first one played by stone's son by played the way. by stone's son yeah was the younger of the two 
I think Winnie was in like a boarding school. Because I mean, that's on, certainly possible. Based on things she was saying, it it laid out. She doesn't specifically say my younger brother. It's not that clear cut. You really have to kind of like read between the lines. But based on some of her dialogue, it really reads like she was the older the older sibling. There's no explanation of where she is. I am extrapolating the boarding school part to sure, explain sure, her sure, 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 sure. her non on screen uh, appearance during the first one. But I would I would buy that if if it wasn't Carrie Mulligan as as Winnie because she looks significantly younger than what she would be if she was born at that point. Well, if she no no because boarding school you can go as early as like second grade, so second grade would have been eighty five. So she would have been she would have been thirty if 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 it plays real time. She would have been thirty ish, late twenties, early thirty. And and I don't buy that. That's what I'm saying. I think she's like. If that was what they're aiming for, they should have cast someone who looked thirty. Whereas, like, she does look young. Yeah, she looks very young, and she look and and Shia looks young too. I'm not saying an older woman can't be with a younger man, but I'm saying it's less likely in right. Hollywood. That's just not a thing that's done. No, no, I understand. It's like fucking American Pie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I'm looking up. I'm on the wiki now to see if it actually um, addresses that at all. It does not. So. And the only clue, I mean, they never mentioned the name Winnie in Wall Street with the exception of Gordon telling Bud, I was reading to Rudy. I was reading him Winnie the Pooh. Like, that's the only time the name Winnie ever comes right, up. Right, right, which has nothing to do with her at yeah, all. Of course, yeah. unless he's, like, that sick of a fuck where he named his daughter after a goddamn, like, well, I mean, yellow I, listen, fucking I, bear without pants on. It would not. Listen, I've seen some stranger naming after, so the fact that anyone named Winnie might be named after Winnie the Pooh is not beyond the realm, honestly. True, but that's where I'm saying that she's got to be younger, because at no point does he ever make any mention of her. That's what I'm saying. Honestly, it's it's Oliver Stone said, oh, fuck. Uh, all right, I made up a character. You know, fucking Michael Douglas banged his wife, and right before he went to prison and that's what happened and that you know but i'm it's just weird muddled storytelling and i have a solution for the whole thing like the entire time i was watching this i was like shia is 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 just the next generation's charlie sheen he's the, he's the new bud fox in this wall street never sleep you know money never sleeps sequel, yeah, jake, right? jake yeah it's the same fucking thing. It's young male protege under fucking despicable Gordon Gecko. They do some shit. They think they're going to get away with it. They get fucked. And then they turn the whole thing around the process. It's the same fucking movie, right? More, More or less. less. And it, boil it down in the most simplest fucking way. Sure. That is the plot. Basically, don't trust Gordon Gecko. You'll get burned. That's what happens. I'm watching and I'm like, fuck, you know what would have been really interesting is Rudy's alive. You didn't OD. You didn't do any of that shit. Rudy's alive. You have him still. You have him be the Winnie, where he's super distrustful of Gordon. He wants nothing to do with his father. He wants nothing to do with his inheritance. Blah 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 blah. You have his wife or girlfriend or whatever be the woman, the lone woman essentially in Wall Street. Where because like, I don't mean to be sexist, and you guys know me better than that. But Wall Street is usually perceived. And I mean actual Wall Street, not the movies, as a man's game. It's always kind of been straightly said it, that, yeah, especially it's, it's, in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. 
very rare do you see a woman. If you see a woman, more often than not, they're a fucking secretary, and they're usually the one that's being chased around a la fucking Wolf of Wall Street. So you flip it. You have Rudy's fucking new girlfriend be the one who's interested in money and is like, I've always wanted to be in Wall Street, but I've never been able to because I'm a woman. And then fucking be the protege of Gordon Gecko. And have Rudy the entire time being like, what the fuck are you doing? Stay away from my dad. He's fucking going to fuck us. Like, don't right, do this. Right, right, right. Have that be the situation. I mean. And it, in my opinion, honestly, like, in my opinion, I would have been like, I would have been, uh, that would have been way more interesting of a film. In my well, opinion. I mean, I guess. I, I, I mean, I, I dug it anyway. Listen, I'm seeing the two people that potentially could have played Winnie. And I'm wondering if that would have played to my scenario for you, for you specifically better. Sure. Uh, Blake Lively. Yeah. She's a little older, but not by a lot than Carrie Mulligan, but, but enough yeah, to, to give you the look that you were talking about. That's all I'm saying. Sure. I'm not saying she's sure. old. I'm just saying from a visual. Cause we, cause, cause the woman that played Winnie looks very, very young. Like she, even if she is not as young as she looks, she looks incredibly young. So, right. And then the other one was uh, Leah Michelle from Glee. I I guess. Um, no, absolutely not. Leah Michelle looks twenty years younger than Carrie Mulligan. Absolutely not. Okay. All, all you have to do is just fucking get like Michelle Williams or something. For, you yeah. Know, if you want someone who looks like Carrie Mulligan but slightly older, you get Michelle Williams. Um. Yeah, and I'm trying to find. There's no. There's no. There's, yeah, no one's talking about the weird years of what's going on. Well, it's like, not the years so much. It's just about the what what order Rudy and Winnie were were born in is what I was trying to get to the bottom of. You know, so right. Um, but the but the first one. Let's 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 get back to the sure. the OG. Um, ironically, coming off our our musicals discussion that we had, mm-hmm. um. Have you ever seen Damn Yankees? No. No. All right. Because this this feels very without the music, obviously, much like like Damn Yankees, or or even even in another way. Because it, as I was thinking about it, it occurred to me another movie we have discussed also feels like Damn Yankees, and even more so because both of them feature the de- the actually feature the devil. This is Devil's Advocate. That's that's what this is. He he. I mean, Gecko's not specifically the devil. Like in in Devil's Advocate, it actually is the devil in human form. But he's the devil in the in the joke form. Yeah. But think about think about the way Oliver also like there there are real moments where you're like, especially watching it now and watching for things like I do for doing the show is like there's a scene where he's talking to. Actually, it's 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 the um, is it the limo scene? No, it's in the the country club after they get done playing uh racquetball or squash or whatever the hell they were right. playing. Um, they're in the they're in the locker room. They're talking or whatever, and eventually Gordon's basically like, "Hey, you know, it's been fun. Good luck." You know, he's not being a dick. He's just like, "I'm gonna move on and go, you know, fuck around right. with somebody else," and and. And uh, Gordon's like, no, I want to keep, or not Gordon, but uh, Bud's like, I want to, I want to keep doing this, whatever. Lightning crashes 
all around Gordon gets dark and he is by himself on screen. It's a whole things like that, but it, it, it's very, mm -hmm. and then the same, in the next scene, they're in the limo and he's talking about how he bought the building for, and then 10 years later sold it for like $800,000 profit. And then it's mm -hmm. now that's a day's pay and whatever. And he's basically asking him to do some illegal shit. And, and at the time, Bud still has his, his integrity. his integrity. And he's like, no, I can't do that. It's illegal, whatever. And again, Gordon's like, all right, well, you know, good luck. And he lets him out of the limo or whatever. And mm -hmm. when he knocks on the window and he rolls it down, he says, all right, I'm in. Gordon's face actually gets light shine on it. And it almost gets a red tinge. I don't know if that's on mm -hmm. purpose. But, I mean, there's a very, there's a lot of, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Imagery. Thank you. Yes. Of Of, like, this guy is... You know the devil. I'll, I'll I'll fuel this this fucking Please. theory. You look up the poster of Devil's Advocate right now. Uh, give me a second, sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Devil's Advocate. Oh, damn it. Okay, got it. Now, tell me what you see. It's uh, what's, what's the it's, poster for Devil's Advocate. It's Keanu looks like sitting at a table, and Pacino's behind him with his hands on his shoulders. All right, now look up the poster for Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps. Money Never Sleeps, okay. Yeah, it's similar. He's off to the side, but it's it's similar. It's, it's pretty fucking close. I mean, is he behind him? Yes and no. He's behind him and off slightly. Yeah, yeah. But it's that same thing. It's that fucking, you know, the devil is right behind you, hand on your shoulder. Right. So right. I agree with you. I agree that one is the literal devil. The other one is, you know, the financial devil. Yeah, Once it's they, it's, it's really just interesting that that uh, Oliver Stone did a really good job of, like, showing that. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. and, 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 and villainizing oh, yeah. Gordon, as he should. He's definitely the villain. There's no oh, question yeah. there. But, you know. And I, I knew that was coming in the second film where I was like, all this, like, he's trying to be good. I'm like, oh, motherfucker. Because I never, I had only seen clips of, of two. Money Never Sleeps. Yeah. yeah, I hadn't seen the whole thing from beginning, middle, and end. Um, no, Oliver Stone is, is definitely one of the greatest screenwriters and one of the most accomplished directors. And, I mean, Platoon is pretty fucking amazing I've never I, seen it, I, so. I even like platoon more than apocalypse now i really i love i loved any given sunday i mean that's that's another one of his that i've seen any given you know? sunday i mean he wrote scarface which some people love that movie some people love that movie for all the wrong reasons some people fucking hate that movie and i sure. totally agree with that yeah um but oliver stone i mean he also kind of went this whole like very political like filmography where it was like he was doing a lot of yeah. biopics of didn't, like presidents and didn't he do born on the fourth of july isn't that him i th I, th I think so yeah, yeah he he did like these really kind of conservative-esque movies as well as liberal anti-war films and it's really hard to like like i would never be able to tell you what oliver stone's political party is we also did uh natural born killers which we we covered which is definitely the one that like doesn't look like it's one that he would do. Yeah, that's really the yeah. one that's off to the side. It's like, okay. Yeah, but he, did J he did JFK. It, which JFK is nothing like 
fucking natural born killers. Nixon. Uh, Nixon is nothing like W. W is nothing like Wall Street. Like the dude's got a very eclectic style. Snowden. He did the Snowden. Snowden. Yeah. See what I'm saying? He's doing all these political weird things. And I don't know. It's, it's, it's bizarre, but I also like, I give the guy credit where credit's due. Like he was a hardcore fucking cokehead and like kicked his habit. The weird thing is, is that he kicked his coke habit while writing Scarface, which is all about cocaine. And, and I was like, huh, if that's what you got to do to get through your fucking addiction is write about it. Well, I, ju- I just figured it was while he filmed the doors because that's, you know, equally, you know. Well, no, there's definitely booze going on the doors. There's less cocaine in the doors. There's well, maybe not in the movie, but definitely in the band. Oh, for sure. For <laughs> sure. <laughs> So. But in Scarface, it's just, it's just. Oh yeah, there's got that. Isn't there like a pyramid of cocaine? Oh, I've never seen it, it, but yeah, like there's like a pyramid. It's, yeah, it, yeah, it's a fucking pile, and yeah. and it's like, like I want. It's so funny how like looks like Pacino's like trying to like cut a line, but he's like, fuck it, just dunks his fucking face into it. <laughs> um. Yeah, I I just I do love though. Uh, and that's here's the funny thing. So like. Like I said, I've seen this movie. This has been a movie I've enjoyed for years. I was a, you know, like, I'm not so much uh, that guy now, but there was a time I could have done the boiler room scene where they're all at at Affleck's house and watching Wall Street and literally, like, reciting the lines. Like, there was a time I probably could have done that with, with Wall Street because once I found it, I was like, oh, yeah, and and, and mm-hmm. to your to your point, at the time, and I'm no stock expert now. Despite my working in banking, that's not the area of finance that I I, I deal in. So sure, it's still not my expertise. But I, I certainly know more than I used to. But like even then, I I I was enthralled with mm-hmm. with both characters really. Like, I didn't see Gecko at the time as a villain. I just, you know, he he just beat the system, you know, is kind of how I viewed it. And then... It damned everybody else around him at the same time. Well, yes, but I, you know, you gotta, you gotta put in context, too. I'm sure. 14, 15. I'm not saying I didn't have any morals or good morals, but I didn't fully understand the ramifications of what he was doing to other people at the time. You know mm, what I mean? Sure, of course. As a 42-year-old male, yeah, Gordon's despicable as shit. I still gotta, I still gotta admire his ability to, to pull off the shit that he pulled off, but he's despicable, of course. you know? So, you know, he also did the, the way he did it is he used everybody. Like you think about it, like I, 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 the one scene that really like, there were a lot, but there was one scene that really was like, Oh fuck for me was when he's at the Hamptons again, it's a second time he's up there with Gordon and the mm-hmm. lawyer has him signing the, the, the documents that basically says if you get caught, it's fuck you. You're fucked. We're good, you know. Yeah, and you're taking all the risk. And Gordon, or not Gordon, but Bud's like, yeah, here, give me a pen, you know, like it, it, I'm, <laughs> winning. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, man, I just, but it's so intriguing, and I still, 
I still, you're right. The dynamic between Charlie and his his father, his real life father, playing his father on screen, you know, is fantastic. You know that right. that's well done. Um, I I listen. I didn't. I didn't like Daryl Hannah in this at all. I didn't, I didn't either. And yeah. I think everybody agreed that she was miscast. Yeah. Like there were apparently a lot of fights. There were so many fights behind the scenes of Wall Street One. And also Sean Young, who's barely in the fucking movie. Sean Young. Sean Young is in this. Like I'm trying to think of who that was. Fucking Einhorn from Ace Ventura. No, I'm trying to think of who she was on in the movie. She was, I think she was Gordon's wife. Oh, okay. Okay. But like, she is so drastically cut in this film that she shouldn't even been in the fucking movie. But I think a lot of it is like, like Charlie Sheen hated Sean Young. And like at one point put a fucking, like stuck a note on her back that said the word cunt. Well, I mean, and no one, no one stopped it. Like they, everybody was aware of it. They're like, yeah, that's fair. Like Sean Young, dude, talk about a fucking career that like was so promising. I mean, she's also just like Daryl Hannah. She was in Blade Runner and she was oh, going to be right. like the new it girl. Right. And then she like, I mean, it's really fucked up. Like the most famous thing that she like, she's now known more famously for being basically a, I don't know what to call the character of Einhorn. I guess it's transgendered in Ace Ventura. Yeah, I, I, now that's what it would be. At the time, it was, yeah, just, yeah. And and then it was a fucking kind of a gross joke. And even now, it's just as offensive. Like how he reacts when he finds out. Oh, he know. like freaks the fuck out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's really fucking homophobic and transphobic. Um, but now that's what Sean Young has been reduced to. She was, you know, she also has like mental illness issues. Like she's bipolar. Mm. Like she was that this, let me, let me just, let me talk about Sean Young for a second. Yeah, please. This is some um, crazy shit. I'm just looking at her, uh, IMDB cause I'm actually not as familiar with her as you are. So originally she was supposed to pl- be in Batman 89. She was supposed to be the Kim Basinger role, right? Oh, Okay. And she, uh, I think, got pregnant or or something. And so they went with Kim Basinger. She assumed that because she missed out on the first movie, she was going to play Catwoman in the second You told movie. this story. You told this yeah. story when we did Batman Returns. I'm pretty sure. She showed up in, like, the co- her own homemade costume or some shit, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And everybody was dodging her. Like, Tim Burton was hiding under his fucking desk. She cornered Michael Keaton, and Michael Keaton's like, nope, and, like, ran the fuck out. She did this so much that, like, like she basically got blacklisted from Hollywood just because she has a mental illness, and she had the tenacity to be like, no, I deserve this role. And then there were, like, like she, I mean, unfortunately, she never got her bipolarness in check until, like, very recently. Mm. She was, like... Like I heard she was like stalking like James Woods or somebody like it was crazy shit where she was like leaving beheaded fucking dolls at his doorstep. Lovely. Like there, I think I even heard a rumor that at one point she fucking glued his testicles to his leg. Ow. 
Think about what I just fucking said. I, 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 I yes. You ever see Joe Dirt with the fucking dog on the, yeah, exact. Yeah. <laughs> now imagine that the motherfucker that you're gluing the testicles to the leg are is James Woods. I want to know how she got that close for that long to pull it off. She was dating. They were dating. Oh, I okay. You you left that part out of the story. I'm pretty sure they were fucking dating, and then like once she did that, he's like, "Get the fuck out of here!" Well, no shit. And, <laughs> no shit, right? And then, and then, then she kept like stalking and harassing with like dolls and crap, and like, I mean, also this was like the fucking 90s like you know like stalking was like you had to go do that shit yeah yeah yeah. now you just stalk on the fucking internet right no, she was like i'm gonna fucking make you know i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna make this fucking like i'm a, I'm an authentic stalker she it's did i mean weird. not she did a bunch of work though all throughout the 90s and 2000s like she's not stopped working it at all really yeah but now she's doing a lot of direct-to-dvd shit from what I've seen. Well, no, no, I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying like she's there's not there's not like a gap of like time off. She's not just... a gap. She's always been consistently working, but like she like she would be at like award shows and like saying inappropriate shit and and catcalling people on stage, and they're just like we're not we're not going to invite you to this shit anymore. By the way, our show is based out of Kansas. In case you know, um, Keyshawn Young hears about yeah. hears this and is just yeah. like I'm gonna find you motherfuckers. Like yes, we we are in the middle of a, a fucking tornado on its way to Oz. Like you'll yeah. never fucking find us. <laughs> and um, I mean like Oz, Oz, not fucking Australia. Yeah, so, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The other yeah. dangerous fucking place with like giant fucked up creatures like flying monkeys. The second Wizard of Oz reference in two weeks time. Uh, it's gonna happen at some fucking point. We're gonna have to talk about the Oz. Yeah, probably. Movies. Yeah. Um. What I had to say, but yeah, Daryl Hannah was not needed in this movie. I well, no, the characters needed, but I think I but think Hannah was yeah, yeah. I I feel like there was a run. I only have two examples, so I feel like maybe this is unfair. But I feel like there was a run of m- movies in the eighties where they tried to like make these some women these these heartthrobs in in Hollywood, and it didn't work. And like Daryl Hannah's one of them. I feel like Kelly McGillis was another one. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um LeBrock LeBrock what's her first name? Shelly LeBrock. For the weird sign. She was fam- beautiful in there, but she uh, kinda like right off the cliff not long after. Um I I liked Daryl Hannah when she turned into Jennifer Coolidge. That that was when I became more of a fan. Okay. Because Daryl Hannah now looks exactly like Stifler's mom. Um. Oh, the, bet on it. The only the only other visual I have of her, and she does not look like Stifler's mom in the one. What I'm thinking of is her appearance in Kill Bill, which is probably her last great performance. But even then, it's kind of cringy in certain scenes. But it's meant to be, so that's okay. Like I, she was better in that than she was in Wall Street. Agreed. Yeah. Also, she was. She was fine in the grumpy old men movies. See, like I was talking to once, Steph. So she, yeah, she plays Jack Lemmon's daughter, and that works. That's a great casting, and she ends up falling in love with um, Walter Ma- Walter Matthau's fucking son, Kevin Pollock. So right. they like end up together, and like okay, that that works. But Daryl Hannah fucking just didn't do anything for me in Wall Street. Like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of. And with it's you. not that she's not a good actress. She was just wrong for this role. Yeah, 
I would agree. Well, I honestly, think, Sean Young would have been way better. You know who else would have been better is Andrea Thompson. Who the fuck is Andrea Thompson? She play she plays the hooker that that Gordon sends oh. to her. Like okay. you could have you could have used someone else that was already in the movie and put her in a more prominent role. You know, true. Um, it was so funny because like I used to watch a TV show called NYPD Blue. I don't know if you're familiar mm-hmm. with that show. It's a I'm, Dave- I'm aware of it. I've never seen an episode. I know Dennis Franz loved the Bulls fucking out his, his ass out. Yeah. And at one point, though, Andrea Thompson becomes a cop on the show. And I don't mean like like a street cop. Like she's one of the regulars in the detective unit. She's, she's sure. a regular character. And I believe I saw, I'm almost positive I saw NYPD Blue before I saw Wall Street ever. Okay. So I saw her doing this more serious role as as a cop and and doing it very well. She's fantastic on the show, and then mm-hmm. I see her play this 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 like, I mean, high level. I mean, you got to figure Gordon paid a couple thousand dollars, if not more, for for that. Coke you know. included. Co- well, no, well, maybe that might have oh, just yeah. been that, that might have came with, but you know. They usually will charge you. They'll be like, "Hey, if you want some of this, it's going to cost extra." So I'm sure. I mean, everybody. Well, I mean, I mean Gordon might have so. gotten a bill at the end. I don't know. I don't know how that worked, but yeah, you know. I, it's just really funny how like they're doing blow while he's also getting blown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Only Charlie fucking Sheen, man. Like, would have that. Like, this is before he went fucking crazy and drug addled. He was definitely on drugs at that point, but not to the extent that he was. Well, I also don't, still don't understand where the 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 Asian woman came from. Like, that's the other one I don't fully understand to this day. I just don't. The he, Asian woman. He wakes up on Gordon's birthday, gets out of bed, checks his computer, and an Asian naked Asian woman gets out of bed and just walks to the bathroom, and that's the only time you see her. She was Asian. I, I was looking at the wrong part. Man. I only no. I only know that because I looked her up, and there's a picture of her. So that's the reason why I know. Yeah, because I was he, like, I wonder you know, who that I, is. I guess he was a fucking player. I mean, he was just he just got laid to a fucking you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, Asian. but there's a there's a lot. I mean, him aside, there are some people that maybe at the time weren't people, and some who were that really became some people too, like John C. McGinley, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, he he had ju- he was also in Platoon, right? But so I'm like, saying he wasn't like I feel like people more know him now than they would have in 1987. That's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah, it's hard to determine because like it's not like he fucking skyrocketed his stardom. He was a no, working actor. Well, that's what I mean. But he's but but I mean he did this. He's 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 the police chief in Point Break. Yeah, I'm sure if I thought some more stuff, like he could, you know what I mean? Like, and arguably he's one of the he's. The movie that probably everybody recognizes him is probably an office space. I know you should grin to that fucking movie, but he's in that and he's like pretty memorable in that. Yeah, no, no, I get it. I, I my issues with office space were just simply the fact it's not that even that I didn't like it, just to to, to squash this real quick because I can sum this up real good. Office Space was one of those movies that everybody fucking blew, and they were like, "Dude, you need to see it. It's the the best comedy ever made." And I mean, like, I it, they they hyped it up so so much that by the time I saw it, it did not live up to the hype. It just didn't. Did I hate it? No, I I didn't hate it. Is it my favorite by any means? No, I can name probably a handful of comedies I like better, but. Yeah. You know, but I didn't hate it. I didn't think it was terrible. It just didn't live up to the hype that it was given. Same thing happened sure. to me. Same thing happened to me with Boondock Saints. Everybody was like, You're gonna love this movie, it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. It was fine. 
You know what I mean? Like it, it was fine, but it didn't, right. it didn't blow me away. So, you know, right. that's, but yeah, I don't, I don't hate that movie. It's just, <laughs> you have, but to be fair, you have given off the perception. You really did not like the movie, it's but a, I understand yeah. your perception now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. And if I gave off that, per, the perception, then that's my apologies. It, it certainly was. I didn't like it. It just didn't, it just, I, you it know, didn't hook you. It didn't hook me. It was okay. It was fine. You know, I think everybody was hoping you were going to love that movie because like it's, it's in an office and you've worked in an office. But so at the I time that, that the... everyone was telling me about it, I wasn't, I was working in retail. I didn't set foot in an office yet. You know As what you, I mean? Well, maybe that's what it takes. Maybe you need to rewatch it. Maybe you'll find the humor now. I mean, I, I remember, that's I, I remember enough of it and I can think of, yeah, yeah, I, I know that. And I, you know, I mean, it, it's fine. It's just, you know, it's also, we, we've, we've established I have no sense of humor. So let's, you know. You have a sense of humor. You just can't find it. <laughs> You've misplaced it like the man's wallet. Yeah. That um, delivery by Martin Sheen with the word wallet, I was like, oh, Jesus, calm down, West Wing. Oh, yeah, when yeah. he and Bud Fox are yeah. arguing the fucking yeah. elevator. Yeah. You know, because Martin Sheen has got that very kind of like, when he gets really agitated, he his voice becomes super raspy. And horse. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're, but you, that's a clue of what's to come. Sure. When all of a sudden he just roars the word. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, Jesus, Martin, calm and, your titties. And they, they worked well, him and Michael Douglas worked well with each other in that scene. But honestly, I prefer them together more in the American president than I did in this film. Those two together, you know, I forgot. yeah, I mean, I knew they were together, but I just, fucking blank they were together yeah i i agree yeah they have they have a much better chemistry in that chemistry movie for sure. yeah oh yeah they're um, supposed to be friends i mean that's well, the that's, difference yeah that's that's huge martin, <laughs> martin sheen is looking at gordon gecko is like you're the motherfucker who's corrupting my son yeah he saw it from yeah he saw it from the from the beginning like the other the other two union reps are they're not like buying it hook line and sinker but they're at least open to it and 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 carl ironically is is who the fuck is carl he's like nah i i want nothing I don't know, to do with but this. he had a heart attack and ended up on a fucking toilet i don't know but, um, I, but i but i did love john c mcginley in this i think i loved his character you know he was funny as hell yeah um which this, is what i think his uh, role is you know he's meant to bring that that comedic foil a little bit to to the to the screen um to be it's not that difficult to be the charismatic one when Charlie Sheen is very, he's Charlie Sheen throughout the majority of the film is a range of emotions, yeah. but primarily he's just, I'm going to speak this dialogue as quickly as I possibly can and get through the scene because he has like hookers and blow in his trailer. That's exactly <laughs> what it was. <laughs> um, I also liked Hal Holbrook as Lou. Yeah. He's uh, really good. Lou is a great I, character. What the fuck is it with there being like an older Lou? I was thinking figure? the same. I was thinking the same thing, and at one point, I almost wondered if it was the, the same guy, but it's not. No, it's yeah. one's Frank Langella who's doing no, no, the I meant, best Jewish American accent I, I've ever heard. I meant the same. I meant the same the character. character. Yeah, yeah, not the same actor. No, of there's course, no but. way that guy fucking survived another thirty years, <laughs> but. Frank, just briefly, Frank Langella as as Lewis in the sequel is great, so fu- so fucking great, so great, so great. But like, like his because Frank Langella's got that very distinct voice, whether he's playing Nixon or yep. whether he's just 
yeah. reading the phone book. But he like, <laughs> I don't know if it was his decision, but he was like, I'm going to be a Jewish guy in New York. Like <laughs> the only person who was more Jewish in cinema was fucking Tevye in Fiddler on the Roof. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> this not is Woody the, Allen, anything Woody Allen has done. That's the girl that gets out of bed at like four in the morning and at Bud's house. Well, I don't recognize her face because I was looking at her ass. I'm surprised you weren't looking at her titties because that was the first thing you see. But, you know. Oh, the first thing you see is her ass because she's laying on her side. That's uh, that's true. You're very uh, true. I was like, well, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's but, the most misogynist thing I've said on this recording. Uh, ever. To be fair, I didn't see her fucking face. Like, I, no, you really, you know, no, you, re- you really, no, you really, all fairness, you really don't. And this is the only movie she's ever been in. Uh, because they didn't show her fucking face. That's why. Yeah. If they just her um, fucking face, we're like, all right, who is this actress? Let's hire her again. No, yeah, it's, it's like, yeah. hey, we need a nice butt. Well, there's a gazillion of them in fucking New York. We, we need a nice butt and some perky titties. That's what we needed. Yeah. So, yeah. I wonder where we're going to find that yeah. in New York. <laughs> right. Um, and then there's his Charlie boss. Sheen's trailer. <laughs> right. Then there was his boss, too, and I'm trying to find the actor's name, but the guy who's like, Bud, when I laid eyes on you, I thought you were great. And then later he's like, when I laid eyes on you, I knew you were in trouble. It's like, shut up. Bud, when I laid eyes on this sandwich, I knew it would give yeah, me right. food poisoning. It's yeah, like, I... bro, stop looking at shit, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Stop working up. Get some fucking glasses or, or take a nap. Stop. Yeah, I, 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 I laughed with that scene. This happened. was an, also I'm another fun. one of those movies where... It, one of the things about doing this show, and I've said this before, but I feel like it's important to say it again, um, mm-hmm. has has taught me to recognize people in ways I didn't before. Mm-hmm. So what I mean, and my reason for bringing that up is that if you had asked me and said, I will pay you $100 to tell me, and if you can tell me who also played General Zod in this movie, I would have never... I would have lost a hundred bucks because <laughs> there's no way I would have lined Lawrence Wilder up with Zod. And yet it is both Terrence Stamp. So. I mean, I saw it. I knew. You have viewed movies very differently for a much longer time period than I have. And that's not anything but a statement of fact. You know, I so, think I've also just seen more Terrence Stamp movies than you. That's more like probably accurate. Yeah, I right. mean it. It is, but I mean, you also got a young James Spader in this movie. That was a big fucking surprise because he doesn't sound like him. A little bit, but not as much as he does now. Look, I've seen James Spader movies in like the late '80s, early '90s. Like what was that fucking Hughes one? Yeah, the one he's in that was that sixteen candles. I think or, it's sixteen or, uh... candles. Yeah, I think it's sixteen candles. Yeah. But he legit sounds like fucking Ultron back then. This one, he's like, it's like he borrowed someone else's fucking voice. It doesn't. I mean, it's definitely not Ultron. It's so no, not no. even Blacklist James Spader. It's not even fucking Secretary James Spader. It's, I didn't it's, see that. It, Secretary is a better version of. Fifty Shades of Grey. Trust okay. me. Okay. And even the mother, his character is even known as like Grey, like Mister Grey. Gotcha. Yeah, it's weird how like no one makes that connection of like a secretary bondage. I keep forgetting he was in Star Wars. Who? Terrence Stamp, not not Spader. 
Oh, yeah. Terrence Stamp is in episode one. Yeah. He plays the chancellor yes. that gets fucking overthrown yeah. so that yeah. Palpa could t- to take over. But it is weird. It's like, huh, Zod was in Star Wars? What the fuck? That's right. He's in Wanted, too. I forgot about that. Yep, 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 yep. He's good in that. Yeah. And then he did other shit like, you know, oh, he was... he was. Oh, uh, he's done a bunch of stuff, stick. but yeah, what? He was the first stick in Elektra. Like, remember the Daredevil yes. character stick? Yes, and I've, I've only seen that... I've only seen that Elektra once, so I'd have to... That's all you need, honestly. Um, I And I forgot he was in Big Eyes, but that's another one he's in. Uh, I've only seen that a handful of times. I, yeah. I, I don't remember who he plays. It's probably like an art dealer or something, right? Yeah, it has a name, but I couldn't tell you. It, yeah. it would 100% be from like, all right, I'm putting Terrence Stamp in a movie about art. He's like, oh, yeah, he's the fucking guy who, like, deals with the art. Right, right. Um, I mean, I've seen a handful of his movies, but I know what you're saying. I have not seen a bunch. Yes, that's for, for sure. Um, and I'm actually about to look up, I said, I think, I think this was one of Spader's first. Like, I really think it was, yeah, let me see. It has to, like, the only person who was, like, missing of, like, before they were famous was, like, Robert Downey Jr. You know what I'm saying? Like, Robert Downey Jr. would have been, like, fit, would have fit in, like, the background as, like, a broker or something. He's actually, and it was pretty in pink, not 16 Candles, so just to, okay. Okay. No, I'm only saying that because it just popped up, so I'm just... No, you're right, because be he fucking bullies the shit out of John. He, so, he, wow! James Spader is bullying fucking uh, Charlie uh, Charlie Sheen's fucking brother, essentially. Yeah, because Emilio, right? No, 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 no. I'm talking about... Well, that too. Holy shit, I didn't even think about that. But I'm talking about uh, Ducky is played by John Cryer. Right. Oh, Pink. and you're going... You're going I'm going two and, and a half men, yeah. 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 Um, well, cause he, but, Every, but, so everybody in the eighties just fucked each other is what they're and, and worked Oh, well, sure. Other. But he's in pretty in pink and mannequin before he's in wall street. So that Hughes movie is before wall street. That's so weird because his, he's got that. I mean, it's not exact. I mean, his voice deepened over time, but he had that same spader inflection, you know, that is like John Lithgow, but younger, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like, Oh, so much I, so, so much so. I'm glad. It's so funny you said that because remember that Santa Claus movie we watched, the yeah, one that I yeah, asked yeah, you yeah. to to watch with uh, Dudley Moore in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, and it's Lithgow is the is the the really? main the villain. I swore for years it was fucking Spader. I have been saying for years that there needs to be a movie of John Lithgow uh, as James Spader's father. But if they don't fucking do it quickly, James yeah. Spader's going to be able to be old enough to play his own fucking father. <laughs> right, yeah. But, like, their voices are, are the same timber is the same. They yeah. just have very different inflections. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, yeah. So, um, but he's still doing Blacklist right now. It's on its oh, tenth, yeah. it's on its 10th season, so. I, I have tried to, like, I, I'm into it, the show, but, like, Steph fucking hates it. And I, I don't need to start another goddamn show right now. Right, I hear you. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, I, I, I really do enjoy this film. It, 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 you know, despite the things that we're finding issues with overall, you know, I, I liked what, I liked what Bud, it, it, Spader's actually got one of the great lines in the movie too. He's like, cause he's, he's talking to, to Bud about like, cause he's been, Bud's been funneling money through Spader's character, essentially. And he's like, hey, the SEC's coming. I'm, I'm, I'm out. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, whatever. And mm-hmm. 
and then someone pops her head in. Is it? Can you bring like the financials for the Blue Star deal? And Bud's like, what? You know, like he's he's very confused, and he's like, and Spader goes, "Do you want to come?" He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "Yeah." I mean, why shouldn't you not know what's going on? You're only the president of the company. You know, right. like it's just. I think you know. I think that's. I think that's a great line. You know. I I would have been very interested to see James Spader appear in in two. That would have been interesting. I wouldn't. I, I would not have minded that. Um, I would. Uh, I also would have liked maybe uh, Wilder, especially when Gecko goes to London. You know. Yeah. You know, you could that, you could have had another another face to face with him and Larry Wilder. So the funny thing is, as you're saying that, I'm like, oh wow, that was such a weird missed opportunity. Like, of course, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. you're gonna set a thing in London. Why don't have the most British fucking guy from, from in the, the in the movies from your universe? Yeah, have yeah. him show up, and especially because Wilder's the one that saves Blue Star. Right. You know, it, it'd be kind of like, oh, I'm gonna fucking put, you know, Sean Connery is in the first movie, and I'm gonna have like the next sequel be enti- uh, entirely in scotland and not have shot it's like why the fuck did you like right miss that opportunity yeah, yeah. well he said no well then move it from scotland to somewhere else motherfucker like you don't need to be in scotland yeah yeah it's um, about an example that's what i got uh all right it yeah we can move in to two if you want all right uh josh brolin is great in this i wish he would have done more does that make sense? I guess. He's not being like you expect him to be more of a villain villain because that is I mean, he is a villain. Oh, but and he does it very well too, so don't you know. Josh Brolin's always been a great fucking actor. I've always said that I've always been a fan of him. I mean, motherfucker's Thanos going up against Hank Pym. Yeah, but I saw this obviously before any of the Thanos stuff. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I had I had seen I mean, I think my, fr- I mean, obviously, apart from the Goonies, I mean, my, my first real understanding of who I was watching in Josh with Josh Brolin was like, no country for old men. Right, that was which, really the one where like that gave him his big comeback. We did that one, right? That's the one that we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We did. We included that in the uh, uh, chasing Tommy Lee. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Um. I, you know, it's Josh Brolin's character is sort of just sort of a red herring. Like he is despicable. He is villainous, but you expect him to be the one to do like the big fucking final backstabby thing. And he does, but it's not, it doesn't have that same impact as when, well, of course, fucking Gordon Gecko ran away with all the fucking money. Like that's the more devious thing. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I guess I'm just so trained that when I see Brolin on screen now, I expect him to fucking like, you know, do that type of shit and like snap fucking Bud Fox and Shia away from everybody. They're see, you know, the snapping see, part too. What saves me from that thought process is two things. It's it's his it's the end scene in Deadpool two where he kinda does the reverse to save Deadpool. And also and then sure. And and then also and more importantly, his role in Emma, in Men in Black Three. Right. I'm not saying that Josh Brolin's only playing a villain, but I'm no, no, saying no. But I'm around... just saying, like that's what it, that eliminates that immediately thinking of the snap. That's all I'm saying. I'm not sure. I'm not saying you're implying he always plays bad guys, but yeah. So, but more or less around this time, he was playing very, very dark, borderline villainous characters. Sure. This may have been the one. That, I mean. 
I mean, you know, he was, you know, Money Never Sleeps, Thanos, George W. Bush. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh. But Josh Boland's good. I will always give him credit. I think he's a fantastic actor. I think Michael Douglas was great in this film, too. Um, I nearly fucking, you know, squirted some fucking tears when he and um, Winnie were having that heart to heart. I was hoping it was legit. When they were sitting outside of the uh, the Met Gala or the Met yeah. the Met Museum, yeah, you know, I was uh, I really wanted to hope like that he was like there for good, and it was just all a fucking scheme. It was all a fucking ploy. Yeah, and which the makes first... which makes yeah. the ending to me like I don't buy it, man. Uh, I don't I, buy d- that I he do. Become a I, fucking I, happy grandfather. Like I don't get it. I don't think he deserves it. No, maybe whether he deserves it or not is a whole different conversation. But I do I do buy it. I I don't buy that Winnie would forgive him. Let me put it that way. Um, it's like, hey, thanks for the hundred mil. Now get the fuck out. I I I'm saying I don't buy that she would forgive because he literally was like, I love you and I will do the best I can for us and blah blah blah. And I need to be there for you. And she's like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna trust you. And then he fucks over everybody. Ruins their. I mean, look, Shia fucking fucked up. No, himself. Shia, Shia is the one that ruins that relationship. Gecko, but Gecko fucked him over financially. Help. No, of course he doesn't. But yeah, in fact, he made it even. He manipulated fucking Shia. Of course where, he did. Like, and he knew he, exactly what he was fucking doing. Yeah. So like, and when he knows that, she tried to warn Shia from day one, like, don't fucking mix with my dad. Uh-huh. He will fuck us over. Yeah, and. So I'm. That's what I'm saying is I don't buy her heart being ripped out twice by her father and her being like, "Oh yeah, cool. Let's like you can be grandpa, you know, grandpa gecko." Like that's that doesn't fly with me. Well, I don't think it's instant either. That's the thing. Like it, it takes. It, it is if you look at the kid. It's a year. It is a year later. It you I, know. I still it, don't think she's fucking gonna. Just, I maybe. Maybe but I also I got it. didn't get the impression that everything was, you know, a hundred percent hunky dory. I think it was like you can be a part of your grandchild's life, but there's going to be rules and like they didn't get in all that. But I didn't take it as like all's forgiving, open arms. I didn't get that from it. You know, I got that based on the way the scene is filmed. It's very hunky fucking dory. It's very like everything worked out for Gordon. Like, uh, does he deserve it? No, I, t- I took that, like, if you're talking about the rooftop birthday scene, I took that as everything worked out for for Jake and Winnie, not everything worked out for Gordon. Well, it's everything worked, it's a happy, happy, happy ending, and I'm like, this is not, it doesn't, to me, fit tonally with what it, what we were just been watching for an hour and a half, two hours, you know? Sure. Wall Street 1 ends fucking, like, shit goes south for everybody. Whereas Wall Street 2, I guess Oliver Stone was like, I need a happy ending. It's like, do you though? Yeah. I mean, and and you would have had one regardless. Like, even if you had cut, you know, if you you had not included that last scene on the bird, you still would have had the happy ending because Jake and and Winnie would have have reconnected and presumably got married, had the baby, whatever, you know, so. Steph kind of had a problem with, like, at no, she was like, at no point did Winnie, like, give Shia like, okay, I forgive you. Now come kiss me eyes. Like she never wants, he just, Oh, like, I saw it. I saw it. 
I didn't see it. She didn't see it either. I was like, what the fuck just happened? All of a sudden they're making out. Like, is all forgiven because now they have a hundred million dollars? Like, what the fuck just happened? But the 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 rooftop party scene was absolutely unnecessary, in my opinion. And it, it didn't fit with the theme, it didn't fit with the flow. I found it unbelievable. I still liked elements of Money Never Sleeps, and I still think so. The performances are fantastic, but like structurally, the the story is kind of fucking all over the place. It is a little opinion. all over the place. No, I, I I can't take away from that. It is a little over the place. I've been trying to find a specific actor this entire time we've been talking, and I've been paying attention, but I've been trying to find it because I wanted to see your thoughts on it, but I wanted to give you a name, and I cannot find this motherfucker anywhere i can't even find this character on the character list but it's the old never sleeps yeah it's the old guy that does the bird noises all the fucking time that's walking around with brolin most of the movie that's fucking um that's jesus i fucking uh eli wallach yeah and he's not he's not in the cast list not credited. All right, well, he's, he's uncredited. Not, he's not even in the uncredited section because I went all the way down there. He's not on Eli this cast Eli is definitely in that movie because oh, I, they said yeah. his, name, his name is in the credits on in the, in the movie. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's just like the fucking music composer that I swear to you is on the credits. It's not on any of the stuff here on IMDb. All right, well, I assure you he's definitely there. And I'll oh, I, fucking... I, I, Rico, I don't not believe you. Uh, now I'm just I'm curious as fucking well because like that doesn't make any sense to not have Eli Wallach in this fucking movie because this was last movie. Here it is. Oh, I got him. I got him. I got him. He's there. Right. I, I I think I had his character name wrong, so I kept blowing over. I thought yeah, they kept I kept underneath they, Josh Brolin because they did an order of appearance. That's right, fine. but I kept thinking they called him Dooley. I didn't know why that, but but it's. It's Julie, or yeah, yeah. I I kept hearing Dooley, which you know would not be uncommon, you know. So, um, but Julie didn't make any sense unless you figure out oh his name is Julius, right? Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're they're looking at this old withered fucking Jewish guy. They're like, why are you calling him Julie? (laughs) I I thought the bird noises got old quickly though like that i didn't li- i didn't like that and apparently wallach fucking improvised that i was like what a thing to not ever do <laughs> yeah wait what what a way to go out there eli you know like yeah. um I, I honestly think eli wallach's last great i mean he was fine in this he was just kind of annoying and he didn't do much his last great performance is in the the holiday uh, I didn't see that so I can't speak to it but the holiday is decent um, it's a, it's the a, last yeah I, uh, speaking of losses real quick I meant to bring this up earlier so I can take 10 seconds it's not anything to do with either movie but we lost Nichelle Nichols today uh we did yeah 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 so lieutenant we Uhura. lost Uhura? yeah fuck yeah man it was upsetting we so, lost a lot, man. The Paul last Sardino. week, the last week, I watched Tron twice in the last week on purpose because David Warner. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So everybody is now accusing me, like, stop watching Goodfellas. I'm like, I fucking didn't. <laughs> like Ray Liotta died, Paul Servino died, like Tony Sirico from Sopranos was also in Goodfellas. He's like the first mobster you actually see. I, I saw a post on Facebook the other day. I think I think it was Levi. I can say the name because I think it, I'm pretty sure it was Levi that said it, but I could be wrong. Was like uh, De Niro and Pesci are shitting in their pants right now. <laughs> it was. I think it was Mac. 
Was it? No, I think a couple people have said it. So he might he might have forwarded Levi's. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. But Mike Michael sent me a meme basically saying like De Niro and Pesci or like, and it was like a meme of like how De Niro feels right now. He's like looking around, like everyone like all scared <laughs> as shit, yeah. and it's. I had nothing to fucking do with this, man. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. No, it, it just sucked. I saw that right before we started about Nichelle, and I was like, I wanted to bring that up because she was, she broke some serious ground for African-American oh, yeah. actors. So I wanted to give her some credit where it was due. Um, and fucking Martin Luther King Jr. Like, ref, like would not accept her resignation from Star Trek. She wanted to quit. He's like, yeah. you are not allowed to quit Star Trek. You out of your fucking mind. Yeah. I remember, I remember hearing that story. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk about how where I want to give Oliver credit some real or Oliver Stone some real credit for for the not that we weren't giving him credit for it anyway or for the first one, but the first mm-hmm. one, okay. L- let me rephrase. Both of these movies are a hundred percent fictitious, of course. Cor- they're not. Correct. They're not. But mm-hmm. Money Never Sleeps is very closely based on real life events. It really is. The mm-hmm. housing market bubble did crash in 2008. I I didn't have a house. I didn't wasn't directly impacted, but I was working in banking and I saw the ramifications of what happened. And mm-hmm. I I can honestly tell you I have a job now because of that crash. I wouldn't have I I may not have the job I have because of if that crash had never happened. Now, I'm not saying it's a good thing and I'm not saying it, that I'm happy it happened. However, the truth is I may not have a job if it, because that crash formed the Consumer Protection Finance Bureau, the CP, CFPB, the Consumer Finance Protection Bureau. And it if that's what governs 90% of banking at this point is that is that that board. Okay. And it's a direct result of what happened with the, the mortgage bursting. with the bubble with that specifically the mortgage bubble bursting because mm. there's all mm. kinds of new mortgage rules and credit rules because when so the the bubble burst and and what you saw that 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 meeting at the fed where everyone's like there's going to be no banks by the end of the week right i don't know for a fact that that happened but i'm pretty sure that that it's, happened. It's likely, yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe not to that extreme. Maybe it wasn't going to be like, you know, four days from now, everything's dead. But it it wasn't good, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then what happened was some of the banks started charging ridiculous overdraft fees to try to recover. So, like... They raised their fees and and started charging all kinds of fees. And now, because of the CFPB, there are rules about how many you can charge in a day and how high the fee can be. Like All those rules are because of the CFPB. And it's my job to make sure the banks that I'm working for are following those rules. So, you know, it's not to say there were no rules before, but it was... A lot. There was less rules than there are now, by sure. far. So, the alphabet soup that I work in every day, and I call it that because it's all—they're all labeled. It's not like the overdraft law. It's Reg E and Reg D and Reg Z, and so they're all letters. So we we jokingly right. refer to it as the alphabet soup 
in the industry because that's not, what it is. Not off of bits and pieces. No, not off of bits and pieces. No. Um, but yeah, that, that was a real thing. And I, I watched in real time from the inside what that did to not only people, but to the banking industry. And mm-hmm. it was really kind of interesting. Not, I don't want to say it was good or bad to what from my perspective, you know, but it was intriguing as all fuck to see it become. This is all. This is also what the big short is about. Is that what this is about? Basically, I, I don't know. If the, I've not seen the big short, so I don't know. I know too big to fail is exactly what this is about, and that okay. and that too big to fail. While actors playing the roles, it it's more like a W where it's all real. It's mm. real people, real names, real banks, real all that stuff. But it's it's the movie acted out as opposed to like a doc, a documentary, right? So right. But this money never sleeps, as we know, is is all fictitious, you know, set in, in that world. But but they they definitely took some real life events. Like I don't think I like for example, I don't think there was a Louis Zabel no. uh, type event that I'm that I'm aware of. You know. There was not a Gordon Gecko, but there's now been after Wall Street One came out, so many fucking people wanted to emulate Gordon Gecko. Oh yeah. And and yeah. And what they don't realize is that emulating Gordon Gordon Gecko was gonna get you nowhere, you know. Right. It's like you guys only saw one half of the fucking movie. Like you didn't see the sequel. He went to prison, motherfuckers. Like Yeah. And and I'll tell you something, like apparently Shia became like really super deep into his research as like a Wall Street dude. That he, like, got his license and all that shit and blah, blah, blah. But, like, a lot of the people that trained him ended up going to jail. (laughs) Really? Yeah. It's a thing on trivia. Like, I'll double check it, but it's it's pretty fucking funny. Oh, I believe it. I mean, that's not... I wouldn't be stunned by that, honestly. Let me let me find it. Um, he delivered it well, so obviously he took the train. Like he 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 spoke like he knew what he was talking about. You know, I got it right here. In preparation for his role, Shia worked extensively with traders and researchers on the world of finance and economy. He even invested twenty thousand dollars and ended up making more than four hundred thousand dollars. A few people, a few people who trained him were later arrested for illegal acts of trading. But it there didn't take go. everybody; it just has some. So. I didn't mean to imply everybody, but like enough where I was like, oh shit, Shy got some shady tri- uh, teachers. Yeah. Um, here's an interesting thing. It's the first bit of trivia, and I thought it was really funny. Uh, when the film was released, Shia LaBeouf told a story about a disagreement he had with Oliver Stone um, over yeah. a line. He told the press, We're in the uh, Androdax, and Josh Roll and I are shooting this bike scene. And at one point, I say to Josh, a line, you should look at yourself in the mirror first and see yourself. It might scare you. I looked at the line for a couple of months and thought I'd go to Oliver and say, you look at the mirror and look at yourself. It's sort of repetitive. Why don't we just cut one of those? Why don't I say, look at yourself? It might scare you. Stone looked at him and calmly replied, I like mirror. I wrote Scarface. Go fuck yourself. (laughs) Like (laughs) That is pretty funny. It is pretty funny, but I'm trying to imagine Shia was like a, this is like right before Shia went fucking kind of crazy. Yeah. So like, yeah, maybe that's what, maybe that's what happened. Maybe Oliver Stone fucking like rattled Shia so much. He's like, I'm just going to become a fucking drug addict who like does weird artsy fartsy weird shit and also assault women. 
Yeah, allegedly. I mean, yeah, I mean it. It's it's really. I don't know. I don't know where I was going there. Sorry, I lost my. All That's all right. Um, I really don't have much more to add. I, I listen. It, it, it's like you said at the beginning, right? It's oh, here we go. Here we go. This is what I was trying to say earlier about the music. Okay. Music is used at, at atmospherically link the mo- to link the two movies together. Much of the soundtrack of both films is provided by Brian Eno and or David Byrne of the Talking Heads. Those are the names that are on the credits that I saw earlier. Uh, okay. So that's what I'm saying. And then Copeland from the 80s as well. Like, that's that's why I was like, that's why I was like, what the fuck? I'm not going crazy. I saw those goddamn names, you know? I mean, obviously, like, I was just paying more attention to the fact that they were playing Fly Me to the Moon twice in the first Wall Street. I was like, oh, is this the fucking theme for Wall Street? Yeah. I loved I loved the home getting reprised a few times in the second mm-hmm. one. That's it's a, just a great song. I like that one. Oh, um, what was up with Susan Sarandon in this movie? I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I just needed that. That was weird, right? Like, it I, wasn't like it was necessary. I, I think it just needed to. Sh- I, I Listen, Jake. I mean, I know I know I know brokers make some money. Don't get me wrong. Right. But even before he got the bonus from from Zabel, it seemed like he was pretty fucking flush. Like. Yeah, he was. Do- I, I mean, mean, like, he was doing fine. He gave his mom two hundred thousand dollars. Like here. Yeah, he was. You know, I, 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 I don't get it. I, I, I'm and less about that. It was more of like Susan Sarandon was like in three scenes. Like she's in the first scene where like they're at the house and she and blah blah blah. Yeah. Then they're at the the second scene where she she and Jacob have a fucking argument and then it shows her as a going back to being a nurse. That's it. She's in three fucking scenes, two and a half when you really bring it down. Sure. I was like what the fuck was the point of of, of this? You got Eli Wallach making burden sounds and he's in more of the fucking movie than Susan Sarandon. It was like I think, what? I think I think it was to show the different directions that that Jake was getting pulled in. Like, you know, like I think that that was, it was more to be, uh, an indicator of Jake's, uh, Jake's, uh, struggles and what, what, what he's dealing with. I guess that his mom is sort of dragging him around and shit like that as much as he tries not to. I, I guess, uh, weirdly enough, I think I discovered another actress who's going to basically turn into looking exactly like Susan Sarandon. Yeah. Marissa Tomei. I, I never clicked to me, but I, I swear Marissa Tomei is going to look exactly like Susan Sarandon when she reaches her age. Uh, may I? Maybe I guess I don't know. Yeah. Well, should we play uh, "What's in the Box Office"? I was just looking to see if there was anything else that we really wanted to cover before we got there. Um, I, I, I feel I feel like we're not doing justice to the movie, but I don't know what else to say. That's the thing that's I, that's where I'm struggling. You know what I mean? I think I think just like if Oliver Stone wrote a, our script, like we spoke really fucking quickly. Um, we didn't really drag this. I mean, take fuck. We had other shit to talk about before, but like, yeah. I mean, honestly, like they're fine movies. They're they're not my favorite movies. They are definitely some of the greatest Michael Douglas performances. Um, personally. My all-time favorite Michael Douglas performance is Falling Down. Did you ever see that flick? 
I think I saw it was one of those movies that was on in the background once when I was hanging out with some people. So I didn't like watch it, watch it. So I've seen pieces of it from like every so often, like looking over at the screen. But like I didn't like. But I know, I know, I know the the, the concept. Premise. Yeah, I know the premise for sure. So I when I was watching Wall Street one and two, I was like fuck, I'm going to find a copy of Falling Down and watch it. It, it just made me want to watch that movie more than ever. Um, yeah, it's, I'll, I will say this. I suspected I had a copy of Wall Street, but I couldn't find it. Mm. Um, and I think I even have a copy of, uh, on DVD, but I don't have, like, there's a lot of my DVDs that are just not alphabetized and shit. So I bought, a dual package thing of wall street one and wall street two. Okay. But the weird thing is, is is the weirdest package I've ever seen where it's on Amazon. It is listed as like dual pack, like the, the wall street collection kind of thing. Right. Sure. Sure. I'm expecting a DVD that opens up in the middle and there's disc one, there's disc two, like which is mo- usually how a lot of those yeah. uh, collections that, are formatted. That's, that's how the Blu-ray collection came. I have the Blu-ray collection. It's exactly that. The only thing that I found out on mine, it's not the biggest thing in the world, is that Money Never Sleeps was on the left side and, and the, the OG was on the right side. Like I would have figured you would have had it the other way around. But that's... In, 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 in progressing order. Yeah, that yeah. is weird. But, that, so, but that's... That's it. Although, and I, and honestly, that's just the the way it was packaged. I flipped the discs and closed it and put it on my shelf. So. Right. Yeah. But mine, it came with like a like a fucking sleeve, but it has a like another sleeve on the bottom. So it's basically just a box with the cover art of like Money Never Sleeps, and it says like the Wall Street Collection. Oh, that's there's how no- mine is. There's there's not any of the original Wall Street art. It's just the money. Yeah. But that that I don't mind that because it's just a close up of Michael Douglas as Gordon Gecko, and then it shows like, but it's very prominent. Like we we're doing fucking this. This was like a tie in for Wall Street Two, right. is what I think. So, but there's no like hinge to open it up. It's a fucking box, like a cardboard box. Like it looks like a book on tape kind of thing. I'm following you. Yeah. Yeah. So in order to like get this movie out, I had to unfold the bottom. And then two fucking DVDs in packages came out. I'm like, so what did I fucking pay for here? I didn't get like a collector's thing. I got two fucking movies that were shoved in oh, the thing. I got that's that. So back in the day, uh, they did that with the first two Fast and the Furious films. That's how it was. It was a box and the lid flipped up like this. And it was just the two DVDs in their individual packaging in the box. Yeah, but that's I'm, I'm kind of annoyed because I'm like, that's not what they advertise, basically. They were like, this is the ultimate collection of Gordon Gecko. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. And now I'm like, well, I mean, it, it is. It is. is it? I mean, it is, but it sucks. Okay. I mean, I was, at this point, I could have just bought the second fucking movie. Like, I was like, oh, well, this is a deal. I can't find my one copy of Wall Street. Sure. And I'm thinking, like, I, I was thinking it was going to be a thing where all the discs are, you know, in a booklet, essentially, like, you right. know, and blah, 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 which, which takes up less space on my shelf. Now it's like, well, here's just two DVDs. Like, oh, well, fuck you then. It, that is exactly the most script way of doing a Gordon Gecko thing. You pay some money, you think you're going to fucking deal, and you're like, nope, here's some Chinese bullshit. Oh, fuck you. Thanks a lot, Jeff Bezos. All right. Okay. Um, 
before we get into the, what's in the box office, I feel like I need to read this to you because okay. this is so yeah. the 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 money made the first Wall Street is calculated and it's specifically pointed this out. That's why I'm I'm reading it to you as distributor rentals instead of gross receipts. What is distributor rentals like movie theaters? Yeah, so box office figures are reported in the form of either gross receipts or distributor rentals, the latter being especially true of older films. Common, commonly mistaken for home video revenue, true rental, mm-hmm. the rentals are the distributor's share of the film's theatrical revenue, i.e. the box office gross less the exhibitor's cut. Historically, right, the, so, the rental yeah. price averaged 30 to 40%. So that's what the the OG one is based off when, okay. you're, when you're doing your figuring here. So since it's mid-80s, it's going to be significantly lower than what I would expect it to be. I, I guess well, it's not. It's late 80s. It's 87. So I don't know if that's. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, But I'm just letting you know, it specifically pointed <laughs> out theatrical rentals, which is not a term uh, I'm familiar with. But, you know. Mo- movies were at like basically like three or four bucks a ticket i'm guessing back in the day it's not 22 you know right. at certain theaters all right so budget for one michael douglas was a star charlie sheen was on the serious rise Ma- michael sheen's in it martin sheen or martin sheen yeah i'm sorry michael sheen's the other dude yeah yeah, yeah. uh frost and then nixon with frank langella yeah. um it's Link Askew. It is. Uh, um, we haven't done that in a while. We should. We should do that. One of these days, will. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say fifteen million. I'll give it to you. It's not, but really? I'll give it. I'll, it's sixteen five. So. Oh fucking a! Yeah, I'll All give right. you that. And based on what you fucking told me, now I'm think I was gonna go for something like eighty mil. No. But. No, yeah, you, you, with your little fucking thing, I'm like, I'm going to go. Well, I want to be fair. I want to give you a fair no, shot. No, I, yeah, I appreciate so. that. So I'm going to, am I allowed to give you a range or do you want like an exact number? I want a number. Yeah. 40. I'll give it to you. 43.8. Holy shit. For someone who's like, I don't understand money. I'm doing pretty fucking good at this shit. <laughs> <Right>? Yeah. <laughs> For. And leave it to you to get it right on on the money ones. Like, the other ones, you get it on the third guess. You got it, like, first guess on both, so. All right, all right. Now now I'm going to fail. I'm destined to fail. This, this, no, so. this one's not giving me that little caveat, so I think this is the way we're used to, to so you know. Okay, so, and it's a 2010 film. The budget's completely fucking different. The box office is fucking different. Everybody's trying to compete with, like, fucking Spider-Man and shit at this time. So I'm going to say... For the budget of Wall Street 2, fuck, there's, I have to like consider everybody. There's a lot of stars in this, but I don't think they were each making $10 million. Um, 65. I'll give it to you because I said I would do it in five, within five. So what is it? 70. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Like, I heard a lot of critical fucking, like, like a lot of people when this movie came out did not like it. I will tell you right now, it did not bomb, if that's where your brain is going. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that's what I was going for. But it also wasn't, like, Avengers money. Uh, no, no. No, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think so based on what I'm seeing. But no, it did not bomb. Just, just I'll give you that. Okay. 
I'm gonna fucking really just like take a guess here. I mean, they're all guesses, but I'm this. This is really like because I know it didn't do well, like critically. Like people, oh, fuck. Uh, Which is a shame. Uh, one thirty. Yeah, one thirty-four seven. What? Yeah. One thirty-four seven. I'll give it to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Nicely done. I, you did well. I, Jesus Christ! Apparently, money <laughs> read for a lack of weather word is good. Yeah. Um. Listen, we usually do end with. Obviously, you do your last word, but but I mean, I know we usually end with what's in the box office. But I did what I did think of something while you were going through it that I want to ask. Mm-hmm. No, there's no talk of this that I'm aware of, and 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 so I'll I'll put that out there in advance. But do you think they should or could make a third? Uh, well, if they're if they're going to, they better do it quick before Michael Douglas dies of tongue cancer that you know he blamed on his wife. You know, also, you know, yeah, I, I, you know I, about yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but he's also um, since then survived to do two. Uh, Two Ant Mans and actually a third because I think he's in Quantum Mania. He's got to be Quantum Mania. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I no, leave it alone. It's it's one of those ones where I'm like, leave it alone. I I don't think they're gonna ever capture the uh, the the fucking genie in the bottle. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind I'm kind of with you. I as much as I do love the characters and I do love the storytelling that's done in both of these films, you know, I I am kind of with you. It's it's you can't you you can't do it with someone else playing Gordon Gecko. You can't do that, and 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 you're not gonna get Shia because he's you know Shia. So it's fucking Shiza at this point, right? So you can't. I think I think you just have to leave it dead at this point, you know, unfortunately. But will it ever be rebooted? I hope probably, not. Probably probably, but I just like with like high fidelity the show, like they could probably do the same thing. I think there was a series that was either short lived or never got off pi- past pilot. Oh, well, and then they then they tried it and they were like, you know, Greed is greed is not that good, apparently. Yeah. Um. Hold on. I'm just trying to see if it says anything here. I don't care about the series seven. I'm not trying to actually be a broker. Um. Yeah. Googling Wall Street like yeah, it's, is it's, really fucking hard. Yeah, it's like, oh, would yeah. you want to be a broker? I'm like, no, I don't. No, they did not. There's other Wall Street style shows, but not based on. That world right, or those like characters. Succession is something, or I don't know. There's what several. The There's several. I'm looking at like six different names here. Yeah, but none of them are are based. Uh, Billions is one of them. That that show Billions, which I think Giamani's in. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, so it, yeah, but it's not based on Gecko or or any right, of that. It's just stuff. it's just greed. It's just money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Well, they, they, yeah, one of our shorter ones, um, but we expected that with these the double movie ones. So it, you know, yeah. we don't don't expect it to be too long. And uh, why don't we uh, get the fuck out of here? I'll tell you one of my. I'll tell you one of the my favorite lines of the second one. I'll make a deal with you, Breton. You stop telling lies about me. I'll stop telling the truth about you. CJ here with some show information and a few thank yous. After I'm done, stay tuned for the damn it our very own post-credit scene.
Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your smart speaker, or anywhere else you find podcasts. If you enjoy the show as much as we hope you do, make sure to tell a friend where they can find us too. If you want to agree with or yell at us, follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew, Rico is at Rance Rico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. And like this show page, Podeskew Podcast, on Facebook. If you love music as much as I do, you should check out my alter ego, DJ Xanthus, on my radio show every Thursday from 9 p.m. to midnight-ish and Saturday from 10 p.m. to midnight-ish Eastern Standard Time at www.radio-airwaves.co.uk. I tend to run past midnight, hence the ish. Oh, and DJ Xanthus is on Twitter at DJXANTHUS. Make sure to follow that for show updates. We want to thank logo designer and show friend Mike for his work on our awesome logo. You can contact him for artwork via email at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. Check out tpublic.com slash if you want to display your love of the logo and Potescue. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for all original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons, all one word, and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you our next episode. Don't forget the damn it. Hey, is this the one and only Gordon Gecko? Yes.